0: morning there New York sports fans I'm Danielle McCartan McCartan after midnight I'll be talking all things New York sports with you till 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning or late Saturday night if you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps or in a rideshare home or you're working on a weekend like usual hey Pat and I are too we're coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in lower Manhattan I've got Pat, obviously I just said uh, with me tonight you guys know that phone number 877-337-6666 let's load them up with your best content only please everybody also I've got a special guest for you guys tonight I gave you three clues on Twitter and for the first time I didn't give it away I'm not good at keeping secrets, so I did not give this one away this tonight Three clues on Twitter, at CoachMCCARTAN, and on Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. The three clues were, number one, a basketball, just had to narrow down the sport for you. Number two, a black square and a white square, which was meant to narrow down the team for you, Brooklyn Nets. And then everybody got stumped on clue number three, the little island emoji, because... Yet's Network Nets analyst, Frank Isola, will be joining us. And Isola, in Italian, as some of you might already know, means island. So that was the island emoji. So Frank Isola, or Isola, will join us in the four o'clock hour in the second installment of my Brooklyn Beat segment. The big news of the night, obviously, being that the, uh, the, the gigantic Goff Stafford trade, where the Rams are getting Matthew Stafford. And the Lions are getting Jared Goff, a third-round pick in this upcoming draft, a first-round pick in the 2022 draft, and a first-round pick in the 2023 draft. That is the big news. Uh, Chris McMonaco, I was listening to him on the way in. I'm sure he's listening right now. Great job on breaking it all down. I hope you guys have digested it from a national standpoint. But we can get into it on a a, a more local standpoint. And what does that mean exactly for – Deshaun Watson's um, value because if anybody is happier than either the Rams or the Lions, depends on your point of view, it's the Houston Texans. And I know we didn't entertain it last week because it was just a bunch of rumors at the time. Last week, as we did mention though, Richard Sherman made a very public recommendation to Deshaun Watson. And he said, I'd get out of there as quickly as possible. I'd head to New York. This week, we are going to tackle this head-on. Thursday morning, Deshaun Watson officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. And to me, being here in New York, Deshaun Watson represents one thing, and that is temptation. Temptation. Temptation.
1: Temptation. That's
0: all I see when I look at you. So the Jets must do all that. I know this is not a popular uh, 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 take here. But I will explain, and of course I have a logical argument for it, but I think that the Jets must do all that they can to resist the temptation that is Watson and continue to build this thing the right way. But let me paint the whole picture for you guys. The Texans held a press conference on Friday afternoon to introduce their new head coach, David Culley. And before reporters even had the opportunity to ask their questions about the team's quarterback situation, General Manager Nick Caziero, who, by the way, Watson was very publicly annoyed that he didn't have a say in selecting, stated, this is a quote, organizationally, I just want to reiterate our commitment to Deshaun Watson. We have zero interest in trading the player. We have a great plan, a great vision for him and for this team and his role on our team. We look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him here this spring I think that was the end quote there. So, furthermore, David Culley said he took that job, by the way. The head coach took the job knowing, or thinking at least, believing that Watson would be his quarterback. Watson, if you remember, signed a gigantic $156 million extension in September to stay with the Houston Texans. In Friday's press conference, Nick Caziero, the GM, also stated, we're going to do the right thing by people because that's what we believe in. The NFL world is now all a Twitter on what the right thing by Deshaun Watson actually is. But contract is a contract, isn't it? The Houston Rockets, and by the way, he's got a no trade clause. The Houston Rockets recently traded James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Former Houston Astro World Series winner George Springer quite nearly signed with the New York Mets. And now the New York Jets are the team that Deshaun Watson supposedly wants to be traded to. Or not? Well, it depends on where you look and and what you read. And last week, we talked about how the Miami Herald reported that Watson told people the Jets are his top preference among teams that he'd like to be traded to. I mean, this is like mind-boggling, mind-blowing stuff to keep track of, right? I mean, come on. The Jets hired Robert Salah to be their head coach. And that, allegedly, is why Watson uh, wants to come to the Jets, apparently. Watson also allegedly values Salas so much that he wanted the Texans to interview him for their vacant head coach position. That, in addition to reportedly submitting a list of GM candidates to Texans' ownership. I know he was sort of kind of asked about it, but come on. Why don't we just add the title of general manager or owner or something like that to, to Watson's name while we're at it? The Dolphins, by the way, according to my, the Miami Herald last week, were his second choice. At this week's Senior Bowl the other day, it seems as though the Dolphins at this point may be his number one choice. That's mostly fine with me. But am I missing something? I wasn't aware that players had choice in, in where they wanted to be traded to in the NFL. Call me crazy, maybe even naive, but choosing which team you are to play for, I thought, only occurred in free agency. Who's the one calling the shots here? That bothers me across all sports when players decide to force their hand out of their situation. And Deshaun Watson, again, signed an extension in September. A video made its rounds on the internet Friday night, which is now pretty obsolete here. But on the Pro Bowl versus, which was hosted by Deion Sanders and MJ Acosta Ruiz, DeAndre Hopkins says, you saw who my quarterback was, the ex-Texan Deshaun Watson. So that's carry some weight, ex-Texan despite the no-trade clause, despite everything else, to which Jalen Ramsey replies, y'all know where he's going to be next year, L.A., in a tone as if we already knew that. And Ramsey plays for L.A., and you know Jared Goff had been on the rumored hot seat. And now Jared Goff is gone, swapped out for Matt Stafford, and now is it Deshaun Watson and the Jets? When Jalen Ramsey, by the way, who forced his own trade, and Deshaun Watson, they have the same agent. So that's something certainly something to watch moving forward. So if it's Deshaun Watson that you want for the Jets, and let's be clear, that is not who I want, what are you giving up for a player who clearly wants out? I think the Texans have minimal leverage. I think, I mean, Richard Sherman, who's been very vocal about this whole thing, Richard Sherman knows that, and he puts forth his own idea. What do you think about this? He said on the Chris Collinsworth podcast, he said, if I'm the Jets, I am not, he he put emphasis, I am not offering multiple first-round picks for Watson. I don't think you have to, says Richard Sherman. If you're the Jets, I would offer the number two pick, a second-rounder, and maybe a second-rounder in future years, and that's it. Again, that's before this Stafford trade. If that was the cost, I would maybe do it. Listen, the New York Jets have four first-round draft picks over the next two drafts. You want to talk about franchise altering? I call that franchise altering. A multi-million, tens to multi-million dollar quarterback, which will cost the team dearly in draft capital, is not the answer at this moment in time. You could be a good player, and Deshaun Watson is a good player. It's just not good for this situation, and that is precisely what Watson is to the New York Jets. And listen to me. As it stands right now, let's look at the cap space. The Jets have the third most cap space in 2021. In case you're wondering, it's the Jaguars and the Colts with the only two teams that have more cash. As it stands right now, the Jets have the third most cap space in 2022. Patriots and Colts are the only teams with more cash that particular year. As it stands right now, the Jets have the second most cap space in 2023. In that year, as it stands right now, the Patriots are the only team with more cash. Do you see a pattern here? Don't you guys get it? From Watson's point of view, the Jets are one of the only teams, maybe the only team that are able to afford him over the length of his lucrative contract. Of course, they're going to be on the top of his list. And as it stands right now, the Jets have 19 draft picks over the next two drafts four of which, as I just stated, are in the first round. Don't you guys get it? From the Houston Texans' point of view, the New York Jets are a team with the most lucrative draft assets. And in full disclosure, this year the, the Jaguars have 11 picks, but they're getting Trevor Lawrence, so you can go ahead and cross them out with a permanent marker. Minnesota also has 10 picks, like the Jets, but only three in the first three rounds. And they won't be looking for a quarterback because they've got their own multimillion-dollar one locked up through 2022. Jets picks are obviously more valuable than the Vikings. If the Jets make this trade, they will not they will get fleeced. The Jets are going to get fleeced for a guy that will not be returning to the Texans because they have the most and the best draft capital and a top 3 cap situation over the next 3 years at the very least. And yes, in my mind, it would be the same old Jets looking for a quick fix. Do it the right way, build for long-term 16 sustain, sustained success through the draft. And we're also going to play my favorite game tonight, mystery player. Which quarterback would you pick based off the numbers? That'll be live on my social channel soon. And then on air, I'll supplement that material with um, with some more information about his top pass catchers throughout his career. Re- if I'm the Jets, resist temptation. And I challenge you, the listener, to choose wisely on which quarterback you would prefer. You, the acting Jets GM. Well, New York baseball's hot stove is finally burning up a little bit with our Yankees and our Mets doing a little wheeling and dealing around here. That intro, of course, courtesy of our in-studio, they're gone. They're actually gone. Where did Wyckoff's own the Jonas brothers go? They're gone. Wow. Wow. But anyway, the Yankees, after months of logjam, the Yankees had finally signed D.J. LeMahieu and Corey Kluber on the same day a few weeks ago. At that point, the Yankees' financial situation became a little bit clearer, still jammed up, because of Giancarlo Stanton's ridiculous— uh, his contract re- is a 15% of the team's payroll this season. This week, there has been some more movement since last time we talked. In fact, we can go chronologically. We were among the first in New York City— to completely break down the jameson Tyone trade as the news broke late Saturday night last week. I told you last week that Tyone certainly wouldn't be a bulk guy coming off the surgeries, and I'm expecting that you get about 75 innings out of him. And when last week I compared that figure against the medical article published by the Washington Post by surgeons who perform these types of surgeries, their estimate for innings pitched after two Tommy John surgeries was about 80 for any pitcher. So I was close. And that puts you just around mid-June in a normal rotation setting. Furthermore, I figured last week that Severino's return would be mid-June, beginning of July, which would have been perfect. Severino comes back, Tyone assumes a lesser role. But Brian Cashman told Moose and Maggie on Friday that he's looking more like a Severino return maybe mid to end July. Hmm. So the Yankees have a question mark there. And in a great act of loyalty... Masahiro Tanaka opted to travel back to his homeland to re-sign with his former Japanese team, the Rakuten Golden Eagles. I, though, am not slamming the door on on a potential Tanaka reunion with the Yankees after his two-year deal in Japan expires. We'll see how these two years go. Of course, the Yankees added sidearm submarine relief pitcher Darren O'Day on a one-year, $2.5 million deal. My analysis of that a little later in the broadcast, but spoiler alert, it was a great signing. So what do the cash-strapped Yankees do at this point in time? They've got, right now, the second-highest payroll in all of baseball. And they are approximately almost exactly $9 million under that luxury ta- tax threshold, which they are not going over. So I took a look around, and will officially put forth my recommendation on what to do with that money. I've got a couple ways in mind that they could spend it, none of which, by the way, involve a reunion with Brett Gardner. And no, sadly, Dee Gregorius is not headed back for a Bronx reunion. Saturday afternoon, he agreed to a two-year, $24 million contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. That solidifies, for me at least, the fact that Gleyber Torres will be in the Yankees shortstop moving forward into 2021. Of course, that money was freed up by the Yankees' sending of Adam Ottavino and his $9 million salary for this season to the dreaded rival Boston Red Sox. Cashman confirmed it was a salary dump move. Odovino was actually throwing at Yankee Stadium when the deal was made. Yikes. And now the Mets. The Mets announced Wednesday that Zach Scott will serve as acting GM, a promotion for a guy that was highly regarded in the GM search to begin with. But that wasn't the biggest story out of Queens personnel-wise this week. The Mets absolutely swung and missed on not getting Brad Hand, who we have talked about on this show since literally the beginning as being the best relief pitcher on the market. Not only did the Mets whiff on him, they struck out Big time because he signed a deal with the division rival Washington Nationals on Tuesday. And I know the Mets obviously did not have any control over that, but that was just a double whammy. You see, Hand wanted a guaranteed closer role. And if you're a fan of my show, you know that I proposed that literally months ago. Brad Hand was my plan to be the Mets closer. Obviously, the Mets weren't listening. Stephen Matz was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays since last we spoke Mets received three right-handed pitching prospects for him so what's next for the Mets and their I don't know about 30 million dollar under the luxury tax payroll does that open up a spot for Trevor Bauer in the rotation even though Andy Martino reports that the Mets are unwilling to meet him at his 36 million dollar annual asking price is Jackie Bradley Jr. still an option is there someone else oh and by the way Steve Cohen's account tweets aren't loading right now as of 9.30 p.m. Friday night. He explained Saturday afternoon that his family received personal threats tied to the stock flurry. Hmm. Not to mention the fact that the MLB Players Association voted to turn down a deal to include the Universal DH, which players are in favor of. Finally, we have an answer on this in exchange for an expanded playoff field. Ugh. I mean, I guess that's the right thing for this season, trying to get more of its players more money via the expanded playoffs rather than just a handful via the DH rule. We'll have to wait and see what happens once that collective bargaining agreement gets settled. And B, we now know who will be playing for the Lombardi Trophy, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the first time in history, as we talked about last week, there will be a home team, or the potential we talked about last week, there will be a home team playing in their actual home for the Super Bowl. Now, I don't want to do too much Super Bowl stuff this week. Instead, I wanted to save that all for next week in a Super Bowl special. Super Bowl Sunday special, really. So, lots to do tonight, as you know, as you've seen, as you've heard. Lots to get to. I have set the table for you guys. It is time to eat. I cannot wait to talk with you guys. 877 337 I'm Danielle McCartan. After midnight, on the fan in New York City.
2: Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us. They doing too much. Haven't done my taxes. I'm too turned
0: up. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, it's almost tax season. Everybody's getting their us. things in the uh in the mail. Okay, don't get so too well. turned up, do your taxes, Someone everybody. Okay, so with this, Pat and I are working on the weekend. You guys can give him a call, 877-337-6666. Uh, I just posted during that that short little break there on my social channels, the uh, McCartan's mystery player. I've put three players up based on stats, three quarterbacks, that is. Um, you know, I, I looked at uh, career touchdowns per game, career interceptions per game. I I, th- I tried to pick some stats that kind of painted a whole picture of who the quarterback is as a player, you know? And, st- and, you know, stats can only go so far, which I'm going to supplement this in a second, but career touchdowns per game, career interceptions per game, compl- a career completion percentage. And I looked at average percent of pressured over the last three seasons, drop rate from the receivers over the last three seasons, and bad throw percentage over the last three seasons. So there is mystery player A, B, or C to pick from. On Twitter doesn't allow you to do a photo and a poll at the same time, so you're just gonna have to um, reply. You know, with with who you want. I've gotten some uh, some C's in here so far, and I've also put I put it on so. So to find that, to find the visual, because I'm about to reference a visual in a little bit. So get your votes in. To find that, it's at Coach M C C A R T A N. I I also put it on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Coach McCartan, if, if you want to look for it there. So give me your choice. Is it mystery player A, or mystery quarterback, I should say, A, B, or C? And we the, it's there. Let it percolate. We'll come back in a second. Now, if you look at the teams that were in on – Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, the whole deal, right? Who, who was involved in this? Who, therefore, has tipped their hand in wanting to look for a quarterback potentially in the draft? Well, if you believe the reports, Carolina Panthers were in. They have the eighth pick in the draft. This upcoming draft, that is. The Denver Broncos were in. They have the ninth pick in the draft. The Indianapolis Colts with the 21st pick the San Francisco 49ers with the 12th pick and the Washington football team with the 19th pick. So if I'm the Jets, I'm looking at Carolina, Denver, and maybe San Francisco as potential trade-down partners. I told you a couple weeks ago how far down would I be willing to go. I said, I told you. I was like, ah, maybe like 7, 8, got to look at who it is, what, how the situation shakes out. Carolina and Denver are the ones to watch, the, the trade-down partners here these teams definitely showed their draft hands tonight, if if anything. You know, to take it from a local, uh, not a national, but a local standpoint. Those teams showed their draft hands, and the Jets, I believe, would be in their best interest to trade down from two. So um, lots of interesting things to get to tonight. We've got, obviously, just Sean Watson with his no-trade clause, basically requesting the official trade from the Texans. The Texans... Everybody there is saying he's not going anywhere. So what is the situation? Would you accept Deshaun Watson here in New York, provided that, knowing that, as I just outlined, the Jets are one of the only teams in a financial situation to sustain it, and the Jets are one of the only teams, or probably best poised in terms of draft capital over the next couple years, um, in order to go out and do it? My recommendation Stay away, resist temptation from Deshaun Watson, and, and continue to build it the right way and not to look for the quick fix answer here, everybody. Okay, in the order that you guys called, Justin in Deer Park, you are up first, leading us off here on McCartan After Midnight. Uh, hi,
3: Danielle.
0: How are
4: you? I'm doing a long time. It's just been a while. Yeah, I know. Is everything all right? Yeah, well, it's hard. Say it's 2 in the morning, some, sometimes even 2, 3,
0: two 30 in the morning. I know. Well, I appreciate you uh, staying up or setting alarm or, or whatever. Uh, no.
5: I just I was just watching Young Sheldon and playing my PSP <laughs> just just to wait to get on. Wait,
0: I appreciate it, Justin. So what do you have all for right. me tonight?
5: This I asked Lori this last week. You may I, I I'm sure I missed it from my time not calling. Sorry, right. you're always on though. Like keep are staying on 24/7, even when I'm sleeping. <laughs> so I still have her. I heard Kevin last
6: week. Um, I happened to have hurt. All right. My question is, I asked
7: Lori this last Sunday. She loved it. What was? What is your take on Jets hiring Robert Sala? Uh,
0: yeah, Robert Sala. And thanks, Justin, for the call. Robert Sala. You know, I, I would have assumed that we got more into this last week, and I'm surprised um, that we didn't. Um, I, There were some – okay, so I, I graded it. I think I graded it like a – I, I obviously, obviously, we're talking about his opening press conference, things like that. What, what not I mean, what he had to say in it, right? I, so I think I ended up giving him around like a B, you know, right off the bat. I gave it a B. Uh, there were things I didn't like. Um, the reading off the teleprompter in the beginning, I'm not sure why. I mean, he was messing up his words, maybe nervous, maybe, I don't know. It definitely ironed itself out, though. So he grew more and more comfortable as you could you could tell as, as watching. I watched the whole thing. Um, I, what I also didn't like was you know he talked a lot about collaboration. Use that word a lot. Like turn that into a drinking game. I'm sure you would have gotten drunk. But um, if you're also the head coach, you have to have your own ideas, your own scheme, your own roster moves. I mean, he was like non-committal in, in the, saying he was going to be making roster decisions. Kept citing collaborative effort, communication. Um, he also had a quote that I didn't really like. He said, who has final say? You know, on like a roster move, who has final say is irrelevant. I, I didn't like that. Um, I also didn't, I wasn't crazy about the all gas, no brake mentality. Um, I outlined last week that, you know, that I, I, I like that saying. I do, but. As a coach, you know, and and I outlined an experience that I had. As a coach, you kind of have to put your foot on the brakes at at times, especially with a young team. And the Jets are really, they're a young team. And I I told you last week, and I'll tell you again, even NASCARs have brakes on them. NASCARs, who are built to be going fast, right, and to race, they have brakes. And they're used about 30% of the entire race time. And they're also integral for preventing a dangerous rise in tire temperature because maybe a lack of a caution flag or whatever. But um, yeah, there's a reason why there's there are brakes. Brakes exist. Um, so otherwise, though, uh, slam dunk. I mean, otherwise, uh, other than those two very little things, slam dunk. And and probably the biggest resounding, um, I guess resounding thing coming out of like the re- the Robert Sala, you know, whole thing. Is that we can? I can sit here all I want. I've never met him. Eventually, I hope to meet him. You know, who knows him and who's been talking so highly about him? Forget the Johnsons. Forget the Joe Douglases. It's it's the players that have passed through him. I think those are those carry the most weight. You know, he's got players that are clamoring over themselves to to talk about without even being asked. How great of a guy he is! How great of a coach he is! All that. So that I think is is the most resounding. Um, I can't think of the word, but resounding um, backing for him. Kyle Shanahan came out and said, "Could not be happier for him." John Lynch, great coach, an even better person. He said, um, and then Joe Staley, he said, "I am so damn excited for Salah. He's a leader." Unbelievable man and coach. And I can't wait to watch him turn around the Jets organization. And that one for me was like, you know what? A 12-year, now retired NFL veteran would know. Better than anyone that may be questioning his abilities to orchestrate a whole team effort. So, of course, we could talk about some positives, some negatives. Um, but I think overall, I'd say B, maybe even B+. Plus. And I'm excited to see what what could happen for for him. For the Jets, because again, the Jets are in a position. Wayne Corbett told you on here well, a couple, what, two, three months ago at this point in time. Wayne Corbett told you that it could turn around in as in as quickly as two years. He said that. And I, I kind of scratched my head like, eh. But you know what? He's right. And you know what else he said? He said that Sam Darnold is the quarterback of the future. I'd like to see what his take is now with Deshaun Watson available. But Even, what is it, last week I had Tony Richardson on. Tony Richardson, you might be listening right now. He's a fan of the show. Um, He also said, with Watson out there, that Sam Darnold is the Jets quarterback. So we could talk about all we want. We can read all we want. But unless, you know, coming from the players, that carries a lot of weight for me in making decisions. And... Right now, and I know I'm in the minority opinion here, I get it, I know that, but I don't know if making a move and being absolutely fleeced for Deshaun Watson by the te- the Houston Texans would be in the best interest of the New York Jets at this point in time. Yes, he's a good quarterback, even great, May some may say, but I don't know if the Jets are the best situation for him. Uh, not for him, I should say, but I don't know if he is the best situation for the Jets moving forward. Again, get your uh, your votes in here on on. I, I cannot keep up with these tweets, but at Coach McCartan, um, you guys can get get it, your uh, your votes in for which mystery quarterback are you picking? A, B, or C? Back to the phones, Kevin in Camden, you are on the fan.
3: Coach, you are not in the minority because I'm with you.
0: Yeah, I, I, I Desha- Deshaun
3: Watson. Look, he's a stud talent. I'm not going to deny it. He's a superstar. is I would love to have him in New York. Yeah. but not at the expense of my future right? for the Giants and the Jets, all right? The the Giants, you know, I heard a scenario of Daniel Jones and, and their first-round pick, but you, you know there's going to be more than that. If it was just those two things, yeah, I'll do it, but it's going to be more than that for the Giants. And for the Jets, I heard a scenario, and I don't know how true this is, but I heard one, that you give two first-round picks, a second, a third, and Quentin Williams. No way! That's ridiculous. I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Not. Absolutely not. Uh-uh. I'm just. I. I could. I don't no. believe. He's a good talent, but I'm not giving up my future. I'm sorry. I know from experience watching the Knicks, why? And I'm just from watching every team that I root for. I've seen when they go all in, and it does it backfires. And the Jets need the picks. Yeah. It's only like they. They. They have so many holes to fill, as they with the Giants. They need the picks to yeah. fix the teams because their teams are not ready to compete right now. Right. And I mean, for, and Kevin, them, for and, the, and, the and, most
0: part. Yeah, that's because a great point they, too. They, uh, more specifically, the Jets. You take Deshaun Watson and you and you drop him into the Jets roster, the Jets lineup. The, does that give? Does that instantly make the Jets a playoff team? No, because no.
3: If, you, if you lose Williams in the trade, let's let's yeah. hypothetically, You lose. Who's going to protect them? I mean, Beckins can't do it by himself. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, I've, I've been getting killed on Twitter all night. Yes. Yeah.
0: Me too. I'm but sure I'm, I'm going to get killed on the phone tonight. I'm, I know I'm in a minority. Oh, here. me
3: too. I'm, because, I'm sure. You know, Kevin. Wanna, it's,
0: uh, it's easy to say. It's easy to say. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, get him. And then when they don't, when they don't get him, it's easy to say, ah, oh, well, it didn't work out. Well, yeah. And if and, and, and Stafford costs that many picks. Deshaun Deshaun Watson's going to
3: cost double that. Yeah. What's the inflation the right now? No, I'm not doing that. Yep. No way. And real quick about the Hall of Fame, Kurt Schilling. I I don't know what his deal is. You, you want to be off the ballot? Yeah, you, goodbye. You're going to the, yeah, the Hall of Fame. You should be happy with that opportunity. I don't understand your gripe. Yeah. I don't I don't get his gripe with that. Yeah, you, we'll you want to be off the
0: ballot? See you bye. Done. That's it. Take I, him I, off.
3: I agree. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. And, and, All right, thanks, Coach. Kevin, thanks for the call. And and you know Kevin brings up a really good point too. Uh and and I think I know this might be also sacrilegious to say here, but I also think that. Again, with the concept that players' words, players' opinions carry a lot of weight, I really do think that players should be included in... It's time for a change, actually. I think that players should be included in a a Hall of Fame vote. I don't think that's a crazy uh, off-the-wall opinion. I don't think. I mean, players that play the game know it better than anybody else. I don't care how long you've been covering a team, right? So... I think there needs to be some sort of hybrid scenario in which a player or a former or a group of former players, maybe elected board of former players has an opinion and a vote in a hall of fame, but Curt Schilling, you want to be off the ballot? Go ahead. See you. Bye. Of course. I don't know if that's possible because they've said that it might not be possible, but um, yeah, he just wants to go right to the veterans committee, which is fine. Send him there. Let's see, see what happens. Man, we have a busy night tonight. 877 337 6666. Is Deshaun Watson a fit for the Jets? Is Trevor Bauer a fit for the Mets? And I mean, there's just so much going on tonight. So you guys get aboard. 877 337 6666. And do not forget to get your vote in for the mystery quarterback. We could talk about that coming up after the break.
8: Get ready for Super Bowl 55. It's Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Bucks, and Patrick Mahomes and his Kansas City Chiefs and we've got full color coverage and all the play by play. Next Sunday, February 7th, exclusively on the Fan, Sports Radio 101.9 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. Why you always in the
1: mood, well, I don't
0: like it, baby. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan. This is a good one. I like this song. Um, I always like to try and transition the song that Pat or whoever gives me into what I'm going to talk about. Um, but there's just so much going on in my mind right now. I feel like that gif Of the guy, we talked about this often, the guy with the whole of the mathematical equations flying around his head. I'm trying to catch up on tweets during the breaks, trying to catch up on your phone calls. So 877-337-6666 is the number. Right before the break, we talked about, is Trevor Bauer a fit in New York City? Is Deshaun Watson a fit for the Jets? I see I've also got a phone call here about the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers, and we could talk about that as well. Is Aaron Rodgers on the move in this quarterback carousel that is the NFL Um, obviously the news, the big news tonight, the Rams are getting Matthew Stafford, the lions are getting Jared Goff in a draft hall for him. And what then locally is the inflation rate on Deshaun Watson? That is my question to you. What are you giving up? If you want Deshaun Watson, Jets fans, give me a call. What are you giving up to get him? I'm not taking hypotheticals. I want to know what you're giving up tonight. It's easy to judge others and, and their opinions. Tell me what you're going to give up. Okay, let's go right back in the order that you guys called. Tom in North Brunswick, you're on the fan. Uh, How you
9: doing, Coach Danielle? What's up, Tom? (laughs) Uh, Real quick, your monologue was great. You set the table, so me being Italian, I'll take pizza, (laughs) some lasagna, some cannolis, and uh, Pepto-Bismol, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome. I like it.
9: (laughs) But Anyway... uh, you know, I, I'm dying to respond to the Jets thing, but, uh, you know, every time I, I'm so obsessed with the New York Mets and baseball that I can rarely ever get anything else. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> Let's go. Hot eventually. stove.
0: Finally percolating. Yeah. Let's do it, Tom. What do you got for me tonight? Yeah. Uh,
9: anyway, on the Mets, I think yeah. it's imp- I, 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 it's imperative. I think they it, it be, they need to sign Terry Bauer because they're, uh, they probably have the best pitching staff in baseball or one of them. And uh, you know, remember, we're competing with for a division. Uh, you can't just go for a wild card. The Atlanta Braves, I consider a high nineties win team, and right now, yeah. you know, the Mets may be high eighties, low nineties. And you get you sign Trevor Bauer, and you uh, fix the bullpen. Another uh, they should have signed Brad Hand. That, I don't understand yes. why they
0: swing and miss on that. But, but uh, yes,
9: I, I I'm not sure exactly who's available, but another bullpen arm and Bauer. Well, and. Uh,
0: Tom, let me let me just, just interject for a second here. So Trevor Bauer, if you're signing him based on like the the Mets, I, and I know they said they'd be okay with going over luxury tax, I'm not sure if I believe that, especially with the Steve Cohen stuff coming out this week. If you're signing Trevor Bauer, that would be it. Would you be okay with that?
9: I, I get, yeah, I, I think so because I remember the Mets have from. I think the Mets have a great lineup. And I and I'm, uh, I'm unfortunate about the DH. I hope it's uh, they change their mind. I know, but uh, I'd be okay with that. But you know, and real quick on uh, on Cone, I'm glad he left Twitter for a while. He needs to settle down with that. I don't think he had anything to do with the uh, thing that's going on, and you know, with the uh, Wall Street thing. But yeah. and you know, you know the what, Tom, here, actually, Tom, we're yeah. really
0: never going to know. I don't know if we're ever going to know for sure. You the, know, the thing that's uh, that's
9: interesting with, with Cone, and, uh, and I'm not putting him down for you know, he's. He talks about spending like a drunken sailor and i and I agree with him, but then again in in his other parts of life, he spends a hundred and fifty million on uh, art, which is fine. you know he bailed out th- uh, a business partner for three billion, which is fine, mm. but I mean, you know you know what I think it might be. The owners might have something to do with it. they said, don't embarrass us, be careful and what do you think about that? Have a great day. And you got a great show, Danielle. You're a rising star.
0: Oh, thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. I'll talk to you next week. I hope you pick up the phone next week.
9: All right, thank you. Bye.
0: Uh yeah. It, listen, if you're the Mets, and I don't know <laughs> Okay. I I would like to believe that a very smart, shrewd, even sly hedge fund manager um has separated out his career from what seems to be his hobby of, of owning the Mets. I mean, I guess that's the best way I can put it. Right. So I I'm not sure. And we'll probably never know how much this whole GameStop thing has affected him. I'm not trying, pretending to be a stock trader. I know I have people listening right now that are and were stock traders. So maybe they can explain it a little bit better, but I think if you're the Mets, I don't know at this point in time that that going over that luxury tax is in their best interest. I don't know if they're going to do it. So is it Trevor Bauer at that point? Which I, I like to use the track website. They have a uh, estimated an annual value for him at twenty nine point two million, which nice and snugly fits into the Mets budget. Especially after the trade of Stephen Matz frees up a rotation spot, I really think it's inevitable. Would I do it? Um, I don't know. I I don't know. But Tom brings up a good point. You need to, you're not, you, you know, you, you got to win the East and and the NL East. And what does that look like? It's always pitching, right? It always is pitching. But there's a concern for me. You know, he had a masterful season last year. Won the Cy Young Award, 1.73 ERA. But the ERA for the rest of the seasons, except for 2018, that isn't great, to be honest. Fours and fives, I looked at. So, I don't know. Maybe you give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's diagnosed something in his delivery. Maybe he's perfected his pitch sequencing. I don't know. But, you know, another point is Steve Cohen decided he couldn't take the heat on Twitter, so he walked away. Okay, but I take heat on Twitter all the time. People take heat on Twitter all the time. I, I can't walk away from it. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a thing that I'm kind of like, no, deal with it. Like Steve Cohen, deal with it. Whether that be in your own way, you know, on your own platforms. Um, I wouldn't go back and forth on Twitter in a Twitter debate once it goes, I, you look at my tweets. I don't go back and forth if it gets beyond like two tweets each. Like that's like ridiculous. That's like troll territory. You don't want to answer that. But the fact that he left Twitter, um, you know, I'm not okay with that. Because you are, you're proposing to be a man of the people, a man of the fans, and you know what, the fans deserve answers in this particular situation. So, I'm not totally okay with it. All right, back in the order that you guys called, David Bensonhurst, you are on the fan.
10: Hey, how you doing?
5: Um, just before we get started with Deshaun, uh, he did say, Mr. Cohen did say he was his family was re- receiving threats. I saw because. so I mean, you know, I'm going to take him at his word for that. Yeah, but people receive so.
0: threats all the time, including uh, uh, the reporter that that. Trevor Bauer after, actually went after. So you know, people. Yes, would receive, no, I I've, I've received threats in Twitter. You know, so yeah, I get okay. it. But Steve Cohen, you've got you got a, how many billions of dollars? I'm sure you have a great security detail, security system. You know, I, you know, I didn't see. No, none of us even saw those threats either. So let's just put that out there too.
5: Okay, but now let me go back to something uh, I was speaking to you earlier in the, in the DMs, and uh, now I said to you about the Jets with Watson, but let me just start like this. Uh, they need him because if he goes to Miami, forget about it. We'll never win anything. That would be he the only have-
0: concern I would have. Yeah.
5: Right. But, but, but you kind of shot me down a little bit there, but in the same breath, you just said that the the Mets should take Trevor Bauer for that exact reason. So they can stay relevant in the national league. East. So, but I'm, I'm not, saying, you know, but
0: I'm not sold on Trevor Bauer and you wouldn't be giving up a boatload of draft picks to get him. It would just you're, be you're money.
5: But- I don't think the Jets have to give up a boatload
0: of draft picks what? to get this. All right, I don't think. So. All right, Dave, what are you giving up? All right, we can't we can't play this fantasy GM. What would you give up for no, Deshaun it's Watson? Fantasy. It's a fact. Look look what happened with the Rams.
5: They didn't even give up a first round pick for this year. Okay, and and that guy wasn't forcing his way out. He requested a trade. This guy is not going to play. He's he's holding this team hostage, which I think is wrong. I think if you have a contract, you have it. But. Right, but you know, right? But doesn't that doesn't to... that
0: bring his value down uh, at least a little bit? I mean, listen, no, the, the Lions got Goff. So. They've got two first-round draft picks and a third in in this season, and Goff,
5: and they and they took on a hundred nine to hundred ten million dollar contract with with, with 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 Goff.
0: Right, so, but but doesn't that put the Jets in a be, in, in more of the the, the crosshairs of these guys saying and, and this team because now the Jets are one of the only remaining teams to be able to afford Deshaun Watson. What do you, okay, Dave, what are you giving up to get Deshaun Watson? If you're the Jets, tell me,
5: I think you could just give up two, two, two number one picks. That's two, what I think. So two, two first this, this rounds this year or two get,
0: first rounds next year.
5: No, you don't have to give this year. You could give one this year and one next year or whatever. Just like that. We don't even have to give one this year. Maybe look, look what just happened in the other trade. The fact is Houston has has no choice. They have to get rid of this guy because he's going to cause an internal problem on that entire team. Agree, now. I agree so with you. Yes, they got to get rid of that guy. And the Jets have the best so the the best situation for them as far as picks go. And I've been a Jets fan for a long time. I've been th- going to games. I went to games for twenty five straight years, every game. And let me tell you something. It's not just the last eight years that we haven't made the playoffs because we haven't had a quarterback. We haven't had a quarterback since Vin Testaverde and Chad Pennington. So you you talk about how we have so many holes. I agree with you, but you know what? It all starts with the quarterback. I don't care what, what you have on that team. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not winning anything. Yeah, but if you don't have so, an
0: offensive line, the quarterback can't function. If you don't have a pass catcher, the quarterback can't function. If you don't have a tight why end— would
5: you not, why, why would you not have any of these plays? I don't understand. We have a couple of tight ends. We could get another one.
0: Wait a second. You really believe in Chris Herndon? You really believe in Ryan Griffin? Come on.
5: I'm not saying we need—you don't have to have, like, Pro bogers at every position. The offensive line, yes. That's why I'm saying we'll still be able to sign a free agent offensive lineman, or still take one in the draft this year. You don't have to give up the two number ones this year. You got you can't do anything without a quarterback in this league. I've seen it. I've gone to all these games. We've had great defenses. We can't win. Can't win with Mark Sanchez. Couldn't win with Fitzpatrick. Wait a minute, Mark Sanchez took
0: you to the AFC Championship two game two years in a row. That was the last time the Jets were in the playoffs.
5: wasn't wasn't good enough. I was there. It was that the championship game in Pittsburgh? Yeah, wasn't good enough. But you can't say it you didn't make the Jets enough. into a winner, Dave. It's
0: not
5: that. It's the rest of the team. The rest of the team around him was great. Oh, so the- wait a second. So what? now
0: that you just contradict, Dave, you just contradict yourself. You you just did it. The the rest of the team around Mark Sanchez was great. You think right. just on Watson, the rest of the team around him is going to be great, and that's going to be enough to make the Jets into a what a, a, a seven win team?
5: No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it starts with the quarterback. Okay. Yeah, okay, I if do agree with you a on great that. Quarterback with Sanchez. If we had a, a, a better quarterback than Sanchez, we would have won the Super Bowl.
0: Okay. It's a... it's okay, Dave. You, can't,
5: and, and, you Dave... can't win anything without a quarterback. Look, look at all the teams that are winning the Super Bowls now. Has any of these teams won with great defense and great? Yeah, the Tampa ba- with... Dave,
0: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thanks, and thanks for the call, when? there, Dave. Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. Tom Brady threw three picks. Guess who bailed him out of that game? The defense. Tom Brady was bailed out by the defense in order to make it to the Super Bowl. Okay? The Ravens. How about the 2000 Ravens? Defense won that Super Bowl. How about the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl with backup quarterback Nick Foles? I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I agree with you that the quarterback is the most important position on the NFL football field which is why this bothers me that there's this carousel of players wanting to be traded and this and that. That bothers me from a, uh, I guess, a, a principle standpoint. That bothers me. But but you can't tell me that Deshaun Watson on the Jets would make them into a, a, a Super Bowl contender It's right now. I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't believe that. I don't know. Let's go uh we got 3 minutes to the top of the hour. Okay, let's go to Keith in Sheldon, Connecticut. Keith, you're on the fan. Hey, Danielle, what's up? What's up, Keith?
5: Hey, uh what's the financial situation with Sam because Yeah. This so- year's coming up, whatever. But uh can we I wanna, I want to give him another year. So do I. And right. and I want to give him Devontae Smith at number 2. Maybe the best college receiver ever.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Picks from Florida, the tight end. Yep, with the second pick. Mm-hmm. That was the that's two weapons that I don't think anyone like the Jets have had. I'd rather do a year like that with Sam kind of weapons than like any like anything else we can agree on. You yeah. know what
0: I mean? I Keith, I get you there, Keith, and and Sam Darnold. Has not been able to. What you're alluding to, Sam Darnold is not. Has not been able to reach or realize his full potential. Okay. By the way, one of those mystery quarterbacks on Twitter, which we will hit at the top of the hour, is Sam Darnold. One of those guys. Spoiler alert: is Sam Darnold. Okay. He has not. He's had a co- a coach that has f- caused him, forced him to regress since the day the man got there. And it's statistically, look at the stats, it's proven. Ryan Tannehill got rid of Adam Gase, was on the verge of being NFL comeback player of the year with the the Titans that year. Do I see the same for Sam Darnold? If you can put an Allen Robinson, if you can draft uh, the wide receiver that you mentioned, I don't know if the tight end is going to fall that far to 27. I don't know about that. Um Maybe you go out and you get Aaron Jones. You really give him an offer he can't refuse out of Green Bay. Aaron Jones is your running back. You got uh, maybe Zach Ertz as your tight end. I mean, the Jets have money to do this stuff. Then you build a little bit of a defense. Maybe it's Richard Sherman at cornerback. Maybe you go out and you get yourself an edge rush. I mean, the Jets have options, right? And, and the finance, oh, he started the call with, what's the financials on Sam Darnold? The financial. Welcome back in here to McCartan After Midnight. We are in a spirited debate over whether or not Deshaun Watson should be wearing a Jets uniform next year, or next season, I should say, or not. Okay, the standard has been set with the Rams. Big news, obviously. The Rams are getting Matthew Stafford. The Lions are getting Jared Goff. A third-round pick this draft, a first-round pick next year, and a first-round pick in the following 2023 draft. Um, So now my question... To you, Jets fans, what is Deshaun Watson worth to you? I think the inflation rate has gone infinitely up based on this trade. Um, I think uh it also showed, if you believe the reports, that one, two, three, four, five teams were in on this deal. Five teams have showed their hand uh for, for the 2021 NFL draft. And I think the Jets are sitting pretty. They won. They know that the Carolina Panthers were in on this with the 8th overall pick this upcoming draft. They know the Denver Broncos were in on it with the ninth overall pick this upcoming draft. And even the Washington football team were in on it with the 19th overall. And the Colts and the 49ers, but I don't know if the... Well, the 49ers have the 12th pick. Colts, I don't think the Jets would go far down to 21, really. So the teams I'm looking at, which I circled on my page here, are the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos. Those are the teams to watch. Those are who maybe the Jets are going to slip to um, with their number two overall pick. We'll see. We will see how the rest of this shakes out. But those are kind of in the crosshairs here right now for trading down partners Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos. Those teams definitely show their hands if, in fact, you believe the reports. Um, I'll say it again. Do the Jets, do I think the Jets should go out and get Deshaun Watson? No. He does not make them uh, a Super Bowl contender. The Jets have. Way more holes to fill. The Jets need to continue to do it the right way through the draft. And again, this is going to be your last chance to get in on my on my little, it's not a poll because you can't do an image and a poll at the same time on Twitter. But at Coach MCCARTAN, I have a little graphic up there of mystery quarterback A, B, and C. I've been teasing it for uh, since the beginning of the show. We will hit that um also on facebook.com slash coach McCartan, go there and find the graphic there too who is the quarterback that you are picking based on the stats and i have some a little bit more information to fill you guys in on okay so about another let's say 10 minutes on that okay vernon in manhattan you were on the fan and vernon i have a bone to pick with you vernon that trivia question last week that you gave me i said it was the mascot of the, the atlanta braves and kind of sorta it was which one is that Oh, God. I, I deleted the tab. Chief,
5: uh... Chief in Oklahoma?
0: Yeah. Okay, so what about him? Yeah, I, you said, oh, I said he, he's he got to be like the mascot of the Braves. And you were like, nah.
5: No, no, I said he was the mascot of the Braves. I said, who was Chief in Oklahoma? And why, what was he connected with the Braves about? That's what I put forth to you.
0: Oh, okay. Well, then I got it. Okay. All week I was like, I gotta tell him. I gotta tell him. I thought you tell me I didn't get. Go- I didn't get it last week. <laughs> All week I was thinking about you. Like I gotta tell him I got it. I can't forget because I forget things.
5: <laughs> Keith in Oklahoma was actually out in out uh, the outfield. He had a TP out there and a <laughs> TV set inside the TP. So every time Atlanta Braves hit a home run, he would come out and do this dance uh, regarding the home run. So I don't know if you saw any videotapes about that, uh, but that's regarding Chief Nakahoma. That's why I brought that fourth. because we were talking about Hank Aaron last week. Mm-hmm. Remember?
1: Yep. Okay. Yep.
5: Yep. Uh, so let's let's go to, well, f- since this has been brought up, I going to bring you a little baseball quiz question. Mickey Mantle wore number seven. What was the original number that was given to Mickey Mantle
0: by the New York Yankees. Ooh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Tell me the answer now because cause that's
5: – tell me. Uh, you have to look for it. You have <sighs> to
4: look
0: it up. It's there. Is it, it your six? Homework
4: assignment. Is it six? Huh? Is it six?
0: Yes, yes, you're right. I it's got it on Google. Six. Google <laughs> with the assist. Oh, uh, Because – oh, yeah, I know. Well, okay, so back in that day they used to I, – I did know this, that they used to give the numbers on the uniforms according to their batting order number. So I guess – at one point, he might have been the number six hitter. I
5: guess. Well, no, no, because he was given the number based on the other superstar players before him, mm-hmm. like uh, Babe Ruth, um, uh, uh first baseman. I'm trying to remember his name, Lou Gehrig. Um, uh, the other one was uh, Joe DiMaggio. So they ended up trying to give him number six, which he did wear. But when he went down because he wasn't doing well. He came back up he got the number seven. So that's
0: how that six went to a seven. Well seven is I'm my gonna... was my T ball Yankees number, so <laughs> Oh yeah?
5: yeah. yeah. I want number three. There you go.
4: <laughs> so let's go to this loss with the Green Bay Packers. How's yeah. your brother handling
0: it? <laughs> I don't know, he doesn't really say much, but uh uh I assume he, he's really not, not too happy.
5: Not too happy. He doesn't really well,
0: express himself too well, Vernon. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me,
5: I'll just say this. Tom Brady is not human. He is a cyborg, sent from the future down <laughs> to planet Earth. <laughs> there is no way in the world that he can be in all these Super Bowls. He goes to one new team, he takes him to the Super Bowl. And
0: what makes this worse, Daniel? It's in their home stadium. I know. Worse. Nah, no, that's good for you. I'm the biggest Bucks fan going this. I got so much. I got, I could. I can win a windfall if the Bucks win this Super Bowl. So I am on the Bucks train. I am conducting the train, Vernon. Let's go, Bucks! No, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. am. Um,
4: I'm going for L.A.T. because I can't stand Brady. <laughs> you know, I, I saw,
0: Vernon, I saw uh, something online that said, you know, we all wished for 2021 to get back to normal, but we did not want, that That, that did not mean Tom Brady returning to the Super Bowl. I thought that was I funny. That you. made me laugh.
4: Every time I look at it. Well, before I go, Daniel, I'm going to put a
5: personal question to you so all the fans can hear you. And this is my question to you. What is the most funniest or most embarrassing thing that happened to you at a Super Bowl party? And you have a nice
11: day.
0: Huh. Well, Vernon, thanks for that. Um, you know, I'm I usually host the, the Super Bowl party. I usually do. Um this year obviously I'm not. I did check around with a few of my friends to see like would they be interesting, just a few friends to come over. Um basically none of them none of them wanted to come over this year. So um Nothing really embarrassing. I'm usually uh, in the kitchen cooking a lot of different things. Everybody knows my house is having really good food when they come over. All my friends can attest to that. My friend Lauren loves my mozzarella sticks. Um, nothing really embarrassing though. Um, no, I'm trying to think. No, I'm usually busy cooking, watching the game. You know, listening at least to the game. I oh, I go out and get decorations, balloons of all the team. You know, um, but not this year. But so no, Vernon. Nothing. Nothing embarrassing. I don't really do embarrassing things. I don't. Th- I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's usually very straightforward. We usually do like prop uh, prop bets, uh, cheap. You know, just, just 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 to keep interested in the game. You know, interested in the first commercial. What's it going to be? I always bet car commercial, and it's it's usually not. So uh, we could talk about more about this uh, next week too. Um, in, in the in the big old Super Bowl special for sure. Uh, next week that is. Okay, let's go to Rob in Babylon. You are on the fan, Rob.
5: Hey Danielle, man, great, 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 great program today. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, f- I feel like, like Rob, you're, comment, you're buttering
0: man. me up to come down on me now. What's up? <laughs> no, I'm not coming down. I'm going to
5: go up on. I'm going. well, you? I totally agree with the things that you said. You are so on point with everything. Thank you. One,
2: I mean, please let me just make it a the comment.
5: Go ahead. Um, one, I totally agree that um Deshaun uh, Watson is definitely not. You know, um, worth us, you know, worth the match. I mean, excuse me, worth the Jets giving up their, um, you know, their purse. Because number one, you got to realize, you know, a car can't drive without wheels. Okay. And you got to, and also, I'm looking at the fact, I, I looked at the stats in 2016 before uh, Trevor came, uh, um, Deshaun came into, you know, over there with, with Texans. And they had a what's his name, Osweiler or whatever his name is. The Brock call, Osweiler, the yeah. That they had. Mm-hmm. Right, but now look, now that tells you right there. Now Brock Osweiler was not a quarterback, in where you know he had the mobility as as opposed to um, Watson. And but you, if you think about it, why did the Texans make the playoffs? Then mm-hmm. it's telling you that the offensive line is the most discenter, and the the offensive Guards and the tackle—you have to have a block. And then I was talking—I was thinking about how great um, back in uh, two thousand, uh, maybe two thousand two, when uh, uh, Jerry jo- uh, Jerry Jones he he put out twenty million dollars for the line for Dallas, and that's when they actually became you know back to the Dallas Cowboys. But his first thing
10: was the line man you got to have it and Mm -hmm. then again and then I want to speak about the Mets wait wait before
0: we transition to the Mets you got to think about too you got to think about I always point to the Tennessee Titans how they did it they revamped that line playoffs you think about the Colts they revamped that line too late for for what's his name but but then they got uh uh, Philip Rivers in they revamped their line playoffs I am totally agreeing with you yes
5: you know, it's 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 the most important thing is you have to have a wall. That's why when we when I play chess, I know that my pawn game has to be the most up. You know, because the pawns can grow up to be. That's the only piece that can grow up to be anything. You know, you be once and the king can You know, you can't. You know, do anything once you or checkmate is over. But you got to have that front line. And then I want yep. to say something about the match. Um, you know, and and Cohen, you know, the new owner, come on, give him a break. Oh my God! And everybody's like, you know, first of all, we got to realize we're in a pandemic, and these guys are losing so much, tons and tons of money, you know, in revenue over, you know, the stadium concession stand, you know, just things that, you know, that nort our regular living, you know, and how we enjoy. Being able to go out to Shea Stadium, or now they got you know the new stadium. We we enjoy doing those things. It's, it's it's different now. We're in a whole different you know lifestyle, and so we got you got to realize, man, the guy had a life before he became the next owner. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, start all of a sudden, now you want to dig up his past and whatever. You know, and just like you said, you know, his hedge fund dude might have been the one that, you know, did that that did these trades. These guys don't sit there and be on top. They trust people, you know, to do those jobs when it comes to, right. you know, the business and right. things of those natures. You can't just start you know, saying God, God just walked in the door and automatically. Oh, let's go and just say you want to buy big names and everything like that. Look at look at Tampa Bay Devil Rays. They went to their arms, um, got them. Oh, The Tampa Bay Devil Rays specifically, when they got and 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 got into the playoffs and stuff like that, you got to look at their salary. You can't keep on running around here thinking that these big names and all of this stuff like that is going to be the cure. It has to start from the bottom, man. Yes. Even the farm man. You got to go with that, man. And I really totally, you know, agree with the things that you've been saying, Danielle. And it's always a pleasure to hear you. And I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna listen while you, you know, comment on what I got. to Yeah, say. Rob. Thank you. Thanks
0: for that. And and that call, <laughs> Rob. Thank you. That uh, that call went full circle, right? Because you you referenced the the, the Tampa Bay Rays and and what they've been, been able to do, and how far they've been able to get, um, with their. Uh, uh, with their farm system, right? So full circle then back to the Jets. Why would the Jets give up their farm system to get a quarterback that, that, yes, I'm not saying Deshaun Watson's not a good player. I'm just saying that he's not a great fit right now for for the New York Jets. The Jets need another offensive lineman. They've got Mikay Beckton in place, which is wonderful. He's, he's going to be a fixture hopefully for many, a decade to come, right? At, at, take a page out of the, uh, the Nick Mangold book, right? Um, and the DeBrischel Ferguson. So, yes, they have a hole in the offensive line. The Jets don't have any receivers to catch the ball. Okay, Deshaun Watson. I mean, you know what? Let me let, let's reveal it. Let's let's do it really right now. The the guys on that poll, and I'm just pulling it up. If you're looking at it like I'm looking at it, and we can we can talk more about it after the break. But player A, mystery player A, let's reveal it. Mystery player A, Sam Darnold. Mystery, and you can go ahead and look at it at Coach McCartan. Look at the same graphic I'm looking at right now, and 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 even for your Facebook users, Facebook.com/slash Coach McCartan. Player A is Sam Darnold. Player B is Matthew Stafford, and player C is Deshaun Watson. And I'm going to quote tweet it, uh, and I'll I'll put the answers on Facebook as well as well. So now, with that being said. I have some more information to give you guys. Sam Darnold's pass catchers, okay? And I, I looked at the the quantity of passes that were caught by, you know, the receivers over the, the guy's career where he is, right? So I looked at Sam Darnold and, and oh, among his oh, – no, not among. His top four pass catchers, Robbie Anderson, the guy was undrafted. Jameson Crowder, fourth rounder. Braxton Berrios, 6th round, number 210. Chris Herndon, 4th round. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Sam Darnold, in his career in the New York Jets, has, has his bulk of his receptions have been caught by guys drafted in the 4th round or below. And to put up those numbers, I think, is not bad. Can you imagine what he could do with, I don't know, an Allen Robinson, uh, maybe a Zach Ertz, Uh, maybe a a running game that's actually a threat to actually run the ball. And I know Le'Veon Bell was that threat, but um, Adam Guru didn't know how to use him or didn't want to use him. Then you look at option B, Matthew Stafford and his pass catchers. He had Calvin Johnson for a majority of his career, Hall of Famer probably. He had TJ Hawkinson, eighth overall uh, draft pick. He had Anquan Bolden, 54th overall. He had Eric Ebron, uh, tight end at 10th overall. Look at his numbers with that caliber of receiver. Um, and not wide receiver, just receiver catching passes from him, right, throughout his career. Those, those guys were the bulk of his career. Calvin Johnson, TJ Hawkinson, Anquan Bolden, Eric Ebron. Second and third, third rounders, and Calvin Johnson's a Hall of Famer. Let's just put it out there. And finally, Deshaun Watson, the man of the hour. He was choice C. His pass catchers, okay, for his, most of his career, Will Fuller. First round, 21st overall. DeAndre Hopkins, first round, 27th overall. Brandon Cooks, first round, 20th overall. Those are the guys that are catching the most of his passes. And look at the numbers he put up there. So in a very long-winded, factual, statistical way, I am making a case that Sam Darnold, the Jets have not scratched the surface on his potential. Look at the, the numbers. Just look at it. We could talk more uh, on the other side of this, this quick break coming up, but just look at the numbers that Sam Darnold has put up with receivers that have caught a majority of his passes that are been drafted no higher than the fourth round and compare that against uh, Matthew Stafford's uh, stable of, of receivers and Deshaun Watson's stable of all first-round receivers. You tell me at this point, are you still opting for choice C in the mystery quarterback poll? Never mind factoring in the dollar amounts. I'm going with choice A, Sam Darnold. Hate to say it. All right, get aboard. 877 337 And, of course, coming up a little bit later, we have Frank Isola or Frank Isola in Italian to give us the Brooklyn Beat, the report on the Brooklyn Nets. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan with you until 6 a.m.
8: For the first time ever, there's a home field advantage to the Super Bowl as Tom Brady leads the way with his Tampa Bay Bucs against Patrick Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs next Sunday, February 7th, right here on The Fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. Let's
0: get down, let's get down to business. You life, one more that this, we've had a That's million, right, everybody. Wake it up. Like we this. are getting right back down to let's business, get down, business here. Let's get down business. I'm a carton after midnight. Pat Boyle, great song on the intro there. Listen, you guys, we are right in the heat of the battle here, talking about Deshaun Watson and potentially going to the Jets. I put the graphic out there, looking for your reactions, keeping in mind that mystery quarterback A is Sam Darnold, Matt Stafford is B. And Deshaun Watson is C. If you're just tuning in, and maybe you're just getting into your car, maybe you have just woken up, go ahead and, and I'm directing you, funneling you to the social media accounts because I am a visual learner, um, and maybe you are too. Uh, if not, I, you know you can go ahead and, and and listen to what I'm about to say here. But it's at Coach McCartan on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash Coach McCartan. Now I, I just outlined the fact that Sam Darnold has has thrown to guys that are. Really, the bulk of his passes to guys that have been drafted no higher than the fourth round. Robbie Anderson being undrafted, by the way. Um, staffers, pass catchers there in Detroit, all studs. Well, let's just put it that way. Hawkinson. I mean, I just, I just went through it. Okay. And then Watson's pass catchers. They were his. The bulk of the guys catching his passes in in Texas, in Houston, Texas, all first rounders. So when you superimpose that onto mystery player A, B, and C, and the numbers that they put up, you look at, you know, I tried, like I said before, I tried to give you uh, the the stats that are going to give you the best sort of, I don't know, co- you know picture of, of a quarterback as best as stats can do. But when you look at, let's start with touchdown, career touchdowns per game. Sam Darnold, 1.18. Watson, 1.93. Career interceptions per game. Darnold, 1. Watson, .66. I mean, we're going down the list here. Watson's comp- completion percentage is about, let's say, seven points higher than Darnold's. Um, average percent pressured over the past three seasons is basically equal. The drop rate among the receivers, is Sam Darnold has a higher drop rate. And in terms of bad throw percentage which is not incumbent upon the receiver. It's incumbent upon the quarterback. The bad throw percentage is 18.4% for Sam Darnold, and Watson is 16.4%. Is this somebody you want to give up the farm for? Because when you come here to New York, you're not throwing to Will Fuller. You're not throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. You're not throwing to Brandon Cooks. And you really don't have a threat of a running game, and you barely have a defense. Is that the kind of situation that you want to put Deshaun Watson in? Is that a playoff situation to you? To me, no. Not to mention the fact that Watt the remain, besides 2021, which he's owed $10.5 million to, to Darnold's 4.7, the rest of the, the, the average, I averaged out the rest of the years on the contract for Deshaun Watson, $34 million a year. I don't know what kind of long term building you're doing there. I don't know. All right, back to your calls 877 337 6666 is the number. James in Monroe, you will lead us off at 329 in the morning. Go ahead. Good
5: morning. How are you, Daniel? I'm great. How are, doing? How are you? Good to hear from you again. Yeah, likewise. Listen, I got a couple of points to make with you. Uh, number one, uh, with the Jets as well as the Mets, uh, with this uh, Deshaun Watson situation, mm-hmm. um, I honestly believe that he's not the answer for the Jets.
0: Yep. And the reason
5: uh, I'm skeptical even as far as Sam goes, and, you, you know, you talk about wide receivers with him over the years. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, you know, his offensive line and different situations. But you know what? The one thing that I really key on with Sam, and I've watched him over the years, and this is something that I've always looked for in him. And the thing that I always see with Sam is that he's horrible when it comes to reading defenses. Okay. And you
1: know what? Yes.
5: And... You know what I, I I love the fact that you know he's a young kid and maybe he hasn't been developed the correct way yes. like you said because yes. you know you, we all have to admit the, co- the coach that they had the last couple of years he really stunk.
0: Right. So I, anybody James. Knows. I said it from the beginning for sure. Oh, and, yeah. and Sam Darnold, listen, that's that's a cerebral thing. When you have a oh, coach yeah. that doesn't know what he's doing, you can't. He can't translate it to a young player. That that <laughs> that is the main. Thing about Sam Darnold that I would be concerned about too, but again, that uh, to me that's not a skill thing. That's that's a brain thing. If you could study, and I don't know what his study habits are, but if you could study that away, I'm okay with that. Well, you know what I, I'm talking about. Like I
5: also followed him in college as well, and this was a very big problem with him as far as interceptions and stuff as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. The thing, oh, though, like I I look at is that I really believe that maybe with somebody to develop him, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has the possibility of being that somebody that can, you know, move this team along and he's really young and stuff. The thing is a number of factors. Number one, with this thing that his, you know, his time has been here wasted so badly that yep. now we're going to start talking about money he's going to have to be given in a year or two, you know, because his contract's going to go up because they're going to, if they're going to hold on to him, He's going to go up in contract. Well,
0: to about, yeah, but to about $25 million is what they're estimating. Okay, fine. But you know what? I I would give Sam a shot. I really would. And I I
11: think,
5: you know, the uh, the Jets could do so much better uh, with keeping their draft picks and using them smartly, Mm -hmm. you know, building up their line. Getting wide receivers, getting tight ends, yep. getting running backs—you know these are things like you point out that are very important to help them develop as well. They, How about they, A tight
0: they... end—we talked about the importance of a tight end last week. Oh look yeah. At, look at the teams remaining in in, in the, the Super Bowl. You got yeah. Travis Kelsey, who I think is actually the second best tight end yeah. in, in the league, and you've got the
6: best.
5: The I, best.
0: I, well, I think Robert Tunyon from the Green Bay Packers is better actually, uh, but and Kittle Kittle's up there, but he's not playing in the in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Um, so we're talking Travis Kelsey versus Gronk and and, the, and those contingent of guys. So yeah. a tight end, I think the value of tight end. People don't realize how valuable a tight end is to the development of a young quarterback. You know,
5: and you know what? You, when you mentioned the tight end, you know when the Jets drafted uh, Hendon Herndon. Yeah, he was pretty good at the very beginning, and I don't know, he just fell the pieces with. And it might have to do with the coach as well, because I'll tell you, he when he first came up. He was pretty decent and he just deteriorated with this coach. So, you know, a lot of this Jet team has to do with their coach. Yes. That they weren't developed correctly. Correct. Um, but we'll see. I mean, maybe by bringing in the new head coach that they have now, who seems to be a, a fighter warrior, but he delegates his his uh, powers to everybody to do their job, mm-hmm. which is very important. Which is what I like. must a coach, has to coach. Yes. Okay. And uh, offensive line, uh, coach has the offensive line. You know, everybody has to do their job. Right,
0: James. And and if you want to call plays, you go ahead and you be an offensive or defensive coordinator. That's how I feel.
5: Exactly. Yep. Okay, so uh, with that being said, we're good with our jet point. My other point with the Mets, okay, um, this thing with Steve, Steve Cohen and stuff like that, you know what? Everybody in the league knew about his his past anyway Mm -hmm. from years that's one of the major reasons why baseball was kind of hesitant for him to be an owner but ultimately
0: approved him yes that's right Right.
5: however you know him coming off of twitter i understand somewhat because you know but the fact like you said everybody gets you know will Ride you, and if you're on Twitter, they're gonna ride you, or if you're on Facebook, they're gonna ride you, uh-huh. or, and you have to take the pressure if you're gonna go out there and be the way that he is. However, you know when they start getting into your family a little little bit and start making threats, it kind of changes a little bit of the situation a little bit more. Uh-huh. And I mean, and people I was watching online, people were really like really super duper like nasty and. I mean, they were really a little above board. But you know what? That's what happens when you put yourself out there like he did with the fans, you know, wanting to be the guy who speaks to the fans directly. And sometimes, like you said, if you can't take the pressure, don't do stuff like that, you know. But, you know, the Mets still be fine. You know, this will roll over. You know, they just got a few more things they have to do. I tell you the truth. I'm not bringing in a bower. I'm, I just, you know, with the Mets the last couple of years, the one thing I did enjoy about their team is that they have a very good nucleus as far as good guys on their team. Yeah, A guy like him might ruin the whole apple cart because of just his selfishness as far as how he is as a person. And I don't want that kind of guy on my team. I want a guy who's going to blend with the rest of the guys because they got a bunch of real good guys. Yeah, And you don't want to you don't want to screw that up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Only
0: takes one bad apple to ruin the cart. Right, James. I appreciate the call, and, and and that last point there made me think. Um, as you were talking, made me think of how do you think Jacob Degrom would feel if you got a guy coming in, right, who's making or would be making a lot more money than you, right? I just don't know if that's a good mix. I, I, I mean, I do have some reservations about Trevor Bauer. Um mostly being that beyond that Cy Young dominant, I'm not taking anything, dominant Cy Young season last season. And maybe he's figured it out. Like I said, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe he's embraced the analytics, whatever. But beyond that one season, I don't know if that is worth over, what he asking for $36 million annually? I I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'd be a little bit hesitant. And that's a good point that you bring up James, um, about, about just, I don't know. Cause then you, I, cause then you remember you, you got Sandy Alderson who has said that, you know, baseball is an entertainment business. Right. And yeah, he would be entertaining, but the Mets also have Marcus Stroman who is entertaining and Martin, and Noah Syndergaard who is entertaining and, and, and Dom Smith and Pete Alonso. And I think Brandon Nimmo is entertaining watching him play. So, uh, I, I don't know, but that would not be the deterrent, you know, whether or not the guy's entertaining or not, would not, not be the deterrent uh, for me in, in selecting him. Just not convinced about the entire body of work is, is what I would go with. Um, do the Mets need starting pitching help? Could they survive until Noah Syndergaard comes back? Maybe. Seth Lugo, maybe. Um, but I actually have another recommendation for the Mets. Um, if it's not Jackie Bradley Jr., and if it's not Trevor Bauer, well, they do have money to spend. Do they spend it? Should they spend it? Maybe. But I'm going to wet your appetite here. What about Chris Bryant? What about Chris Bryant? I've got an answer for you on that. But let's go back to the calls. 877-337-6666. Let's go to Ben in Queens. What is up this week, Ben?
5: Morning there, Coach. Uh, quickly... Uh, I want to give a shout-out. Uh, one of my loves every year is watching X Games, and Winter X is going on, so I had to check out my girl, Chloe Kim, and she's not what caught my eye. There's a, a, a skier from China, Eileen Gu, three golds in, in uh, the, the ski events for the women. Slope Style, The Pipe, and I forget what the third. Cool. I think it was Big Air too. From China. And I was like, that's the first time a a woman has ever captured three goals at one event.
0: Cool. I like that. Nice stat there.
5: That's one. Uh, Two, rest in peace and rest in power to John John Cheney. Uh, Everybody knows him. Well, we know him on the fan because how good a coach he was at Temple. Unfortunately, everybody else knows him because of that one incident with uh, John Calipari. He's going to be f- uh, forever immortalized because the zone defense run in the NBA, he perfected at Temple. So, yeah. so that, 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 that's, that's his claim. Um, with your poll... Uh, well, I knew one was one of them was Watson. I mm-hmm. knew one of them was Darnold. <laughs> I thought the last one was Garofalo. That's uh, what I, that's what I thought. Uh, and I had I, everybody jumbled.
0: Yeah, maybe I should have threw him in there too. Huh, maybe next week.
5: Yeah, so so that that you got me on that one because <laughs> I, I I ended up picking a uh, picking Stafford.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I went
5: B. So you went B. So, so there it goes. Um, while I'm on the NFL, real quick. NFL, all eyes are on you with this lineman. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to hear you guys walk the line. He needs to be gone, just gone, and he needs to be in jail as of like right now. The fact he's out on bond, this poor woman uh, that. Mm, there's, there's, there's words I could say that I'm going to hold off saying.
0: Yeah. And, ben, and and for those of you guys listening, Ben and I have been going back on, on Twitter about, about Chad Wheeler and, and what he did. And I don't know if you saw the picture of what he did to his girlfriend uh, and, and the reports coming out of it. But basically, one of the reports, which was like jarring to me, is she, is she said that she, he thought she was uh, – uh, I can't put it the right way but he was he he went and was eating dinner and when she got right up next to- Yeah, after 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 he beat her up she he got, she got up and he said, "Oh, you're still alive." <sighs> that is that I read that and I guess I don't know forget which uh it was a major that's publication. That's that, That's crazy. That,
5: that's a guy who doesn't need to be a part of society anymore. Lock him up. But yeah, yeah. And I will end on this um it, it, it uh, we could talk about the Jets draft picks uh, for for thing. Uh, honestly, I give up two ones and a couple of twos. You would that much? That's and a lot, Ben. Not in the same year. Now, but just because. The, the, the Rams warped the market with this thing with Stafford. Correct. I didn't anticipate them doing all this on top of giving them golf for Stafford. Correct. And then you look at what the Rams have done with all of their number one picks. <laughs> well, you get a chance during the break, go take a look since golf what the Rams have done with all of their number one picks.
0: You mean, that that, mean their first round go. picks?
5: Thanks for the time, Coach. Again, next week.
0: Appreciate it, Ben, and, and I'm, I'm assuming that he meant uh, the uh, the first-round picks, not the first overall picks. Um, but the Rams are set to go seven straight years without a first-round draft pick. So, And, and McMonagle said this. I heard this on the way in. Um, they went seven straight years without a first-round draft pick, and Goff was their last first-round draft pick. So so Ben's given up two firsts in a couple of seconds for Deshaun Watson. Still wouldn't do it if you're asking me. Um, do, would you do it? We've got David Bensonhurst wants to give two first-round picks, period. Ben and Queens, I'm taking notes, wants to give two firsts and a couple seconds. Would you do it? Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. The answer is no from me on Deshaun Watson. That's basically it. <laughs> so uh, we'll hear back from you guys if you would like to do it. And, of course, we got Frank Isola coming up at 420 this morning. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan.
8: Join us tomorrow morning on
11: Boomer and Geo. No football this weekend, but we'll get you ready for Super Bowl 55.
8: And where is Deshaun Watson going to land? It's Tom Brady, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Deshaun Watson. If somebody tells you that it's not about the quarterback, just slap them because it's always about the quarterback.
11: Boomer and Geo, 6 to 10 a.m. with the warm-up show starting at 5 with Alan Jerry right here on The Fan.
0: Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight. That little that little intro here, yeah, it is all about the quarterback. This is an NFL. Uh, NFL is a is a uh, quarterback centric league. And by the way, I'm Daniel McCartan here with you on the fan till 6 a.m. Uh, yeah, the NFL is a quarterback centric league. There is no ifs, ands or buts about it. But if you you could be, why do you think Tom Brady chose in free agency not to be traded? But in free agency, why do you think Tom Brady tro- chose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you because they have one of the best offensive lines in the league. So a quarterback is nothing without the offensive line. You cannot be like Sam Darnold is under duress all the time and expected to play well. And I, I, I've gotten a tons and tons of tweets. Some of you guys are changing your mind after hearing about who the mystery players are on my Twitter. So there, that's good. That's that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I'm trying to make the argument. I'm trying to convince you, I think, successfully so far, that Deshaun Watson is not the answer for the New York Jets at this point in time. He's a great player. He, he would not be good in this situation. I saw somebody on Twitter. I can't find it. There's a lot of tweets coming in. Somebody said that he would be best in, like, a situation where, um, like, yeah, I'm trying to find it, like it, like in uh, Indianapolis, where he would just kind of be like a plug-and-play. yeah. The Jets are not uh, like a plug and play situation going on. I, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but the Jets barely have a defense. They don't have anybody that can really catch the ball with any sort of consistency, and their running game is absolutely a non-threat. So, what is Deshaun Watson going to do for this team, other than make it into a I don't know seven-win team, maybe an eight-win team? But then again, you got you got a, a um, Allen as the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, who just took the Bills to the AFC Championship game to compete with. Tom Brady's gone. Allen is in. Allen and the Buffalo Bills are in. So there you go. C- say Levy, right? That's what they say, right? All right, let's go back to your calls. 877-337-6666. Hopefully something has piqued your interest enough to give me a call. We will go within the order that you guys called. Eric in Ronkonkoma, you are up.
7: Hey, Danielle. Good morning. How you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you, Eric?
7: good good well i swept through dinner so your mozzarella sticks are sounding pretty good
0: right now but, but, <laughs> yeah uh, and someone someone tweeted me it was like come on you could do better than mozzarella sticks no no no, that's just what came to my mind of course i put a whole spread on normally for the super bowl but not this year maybe next year
7: there you go there you go well you know well su- super bowl bingo is going to be a little interesting this year with a lot of the companies backing out of the commercials
0: i know i saw that too i don't know what they're going to do yeah
7: yeah but, well, I mean, you know, at least for a good cause, though. I mean, from what I understand, they're donating the money to COVID relief, so at least uh, I like
0: that. Yeah, and I'm wondering, too. But, I was uh, thinking about that, Eric. I was wondering if we're going to get to see as the fans, at yeah, the home fans, because not a lot of people are going to be there. Maybe they're going to show us more of what goes on, you know, because the airtime, obviously, uh, right? Yeah, more behind the scenes right, stuff. Right. I hope. I hope as a viewer yeah. that would be cool.
7: Yeah, that would be cool. Um, okay, two, two things, if I may. Um you know, as far as the you know, I, I brought this up to Steve Summers the other day. I was thinking the same thing. You know that I, I, was, I was starting to back off the, the Sean Watson thing because, you know, the I mean, really, when when is the last time the Jets even had this anywhere near this amount of uh, draft picks to work with? I mean, I, I don't even know. Maybe you know the answer. That,
0: I don't. But, I don't uh, know the answer. I yeah. can't even think far that far back enough. I don't know if they've ever had this. Yeah, much. I mean,
7: right. So so the just the idea of that prospect, you know. To think of what they could do to really reinforce this team you know in in that in that regard is is somewhat exciting yeah and and look i mean if you know if they keep sam for one more year and and i'm i'm with you i mean they certainly didn't give them you know a lot of stuff to work with but you know you know let's let's say they reinforced even at least half of what they need you know during this this year i mean there's no way they're going to address everything. You know, that, that's just I mean, think right. a lot to ask for. But you know, and, and uh, if he still doesn't show improvement, okay, then then you then you can you know make some kind of move next year uh, if you have to with the quarterback. But at least you've addressed a you know a lot of what's needed on there. I right. mean, you know, and the other thing too is <clears throat> we don't even really know what we have out of you know guys like P Ryan or or Ty Johnson. I mean, maybe maybe we do have a running game and we just don't know it. Because you know the Dave uh, um, um, had a yeah. love affair with Frank Gore, yeah. <laughs> you know we, we we might have something there. Um, I mean, maybe,
0: possibly. But look at uh, how about how about this, Eric? Aaron Jones for in free agency? Come on!
7: <laughs> oh, is he is he a free agent now or yeah. next year?
0: According to my brother, he's a he, he's like he's a free agent. He's going to be a free agent next year. I was like, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'd be, I'd be on that in in a hot second. See, isn't that the guy you'd want to pay? Isn't that the guy you want right. to bring the back the? We know what I'm trying to say back the Brinks truck up for.
7: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and, and 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 you know the, and, you know, and let's be honest, the, uh, you know, you, you know, you know, the weather wouldn't affect a guy like that. I mean, if he could do that in Green Bay, you could do that here, certainly. That's for
0: sure. Market value um, according to SportTrack, fourteen point six million dollars, four years deal. I would do it i would do it wow. in a heartbeat
7: okay all right so that brings me to my next point because you're you're now my stat girl yep okay. um okay so the you brought up uh, trevor bauer a few minutes ago okay here's my question to you all right just obviously last year was such a strange year with the way they reformatted the schedule mm-hmm. uh, you know shorter season all that <clears throat> so what is statistically trevor bauer you know projection because it was only in the in the central that they pitched, right? You know, both uh, National League and American League on it. So, how does that affect his numbers as compared to when he's pitched against everybody else on a normal year? That's what I'm. That's what I'm curious about. Because does that really project to the kind of uh, money he's asking?
0: Yeah, and I think that's a very, very, very good and fair question, there, Eric. Thank you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that right. Now, thanks for the call. I'll talk to you next week. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. You know, a lot of the information that I get comes from baseballreference.com. And, and when you look at my my computer's just a little bit slow here. When you look at um, the projections, because they do the projections, they do the permutations. I don't, I don't, I can't, I cannot, as a normal citizen, figure out what his ERA is expected to be, uh, you know, next year. But Eric brings up a great point as to, you know, as far as we know, this 2021 season is going to be regular and mostly regular season besides the fact of an expanded playoffs right that that is going to be in place is what, what reports are so when you look at when you look at baseball reference you look at the projections of for Trevor Bauer for 2021 is it worth um the money i'm going to go with no and obviously they're just projections but when you look at the era last year this year it's ballooned it's almost double you look at the the win loss percentage. He's going to give you, according to Baseball Reference, eleven wins, ten losses. Um, the 179 innings pitched projection would be pretty good, I think. If especially with Noah Syndergaard on the shelf, um, it would give you definitely some length for sure. Um, but it's really looking like, and I'm just trying to compare, you know, top to bottom here. Strikeouts per nine, ten point eight in in 2021. Let's that's a projection. Strikeouts per nine. Oh, I'd have to do some calculations here. I'll strikeouts per nine. Uh, that's down. That would be down from 2020. The ERA is up from 2020, projection-wise. Uh, hits per nine is also up in 2020. So, um, yeah, Eric, that's a great point, and that's something I did not yet look at. Uh, looking at it now, and, again, these are all lean projections, um, $36 million, that's, that's, that's a definite no-go for me um, at this point in time based on the projections, as compared to the stellar, outstanding, masterful Cy Young year that he put together in 2020. Let's just put that out there. Um, No. That's that's, that's like a no for me. So, um, yeah, I think think the need for the Mets is Jackie Bradley Jr. That is the need, and I would go ahead and do that. I said this from the beginning. Trevor, my, my dad always puts it this way. Do you need it or do you want it? Whatever it is. The Mets need a center fielder, Jackie Bradley Jr. being that guy. They want, or Trevor Bauer would be the luxury. So especially now looking at those projections as compared to 2020, I, I, I would stay away if that was me. And then you factor in everything else, I would stay away. Let's go to Mike in Brooklyn. You're on the fan, Mike.
12: Hey, Danielle. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Uh, First time, long-time listener. Oh, I like that. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, no, you do a great show, and you're a pretty good field goal kicker as well. Oh, well,
0: thanks. You know what? I'm going to uh, head back out there once the weather gets a little warm because I have a spoiler alert package from somebody coming in. It's a Sarah Fuller jersey. I I thought it was going to be here this week. I was very excited. But next week uh, I'm going to open that box up and don that Sarah Fuller jersey and get back out there, and and I'm going to try a little bit farther. We'll see. Well, thanks. I appreciate that, though. Okay.
12: I have uh, two points. First, uh, I'm coming at the um the Watson from a little bit different point uh, standpoint. Sure, I'm like uh, a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm a Dolphin fan. Mm-hmm. So, I think we're a little bit further ahead along on the spectrum than uh, the Jets. Agreed. Yes, I, I agree with you. Have a, especially from the defensive end. Mm-hmm. But I would def I would give up Tua. I would give up their third pick wait, this wait, wait. year.
0: Wait, hold on, let me write this down. Hold on. Okay, so Sorry? you would give up uh, Mike in Brooklyn. Mike in Brooklyn yep. is going to give up Tua. Okay, go ahead.
12: Two them. I give up their third pick.
0: Third that we have? Third overall pick. I
12: give third overall pick. I give up one of the seconds this year and I give up a first next year.
0: That's a lot.
12: I know, but you listen, I look at it as um and Evan, because I listen all day long. The uh Evan always says that and I believe in the same thing, that picks are basically just lottery tickets. You don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah. For and I know and Watson is a you know, he's a top five quarterback right now. So, and he's only 25. So you have 10 more good years. You build the team. We still have, we have 17 picks. I think we're one behind the Jets. So we have 17 and they have 18 picks in the next two years. But so let, I think we could still build let me around. This.
0: The third overall, mm-hmm. it, that's rarely a miss. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well,
12: unless you're the Jets of Dolphins.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, listen, the Jets or the Dolphins, I get it. But I mean, the Jets have the guy in place now. I, I do believe in Joe Douglas. I, they, that guy is not going to miss. Okay. I, I, you know, I don't know, and I, and I like it. So, but I just think that's a lot, and I think that's that's reminiscent of of what the Lions and Rams did, which is, you know, I, I you know I wrote it down. You, you're giving Tua the third overall pick this year, a second this year, and a first next year. That's yep. that's kind of similar to what what happened earlier Saturday night, or you know, breaking overnight really. Um, so, Mike, I, I you know I, I think it's a lot, um, but I, okay. I, I respect your opinion, obviously. And um, okay. if uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't end up on the Jets, I certainly don't want the Dolphins to make that deal, and he yeah, ends up nah, there too.
12: <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah. And the second point, I actually yeah. almost stole my son to before because you were talking about Brian. Yeah, uh, I'm a big I'm a big Mets fan as well, mm-hmm. and I'm big into pitching, and I yeah. love Bauer, but I think there's a lot better trade that we can get. There was a they were talking about it on MLB as well as um, I think the Cubs website. I think before the whole Springer slash, you know Matt's and every, and Sim, uh, Simeon that they got mm-hmm. uh, Toronto got this week. Mm-hmm. They were talking with uh, the Cubs supposedly about uh, Hendricks and Bryant in the trade. Yeah. First of all, if you, if you look at Kyle Hendricks, he's only making fourteen million. His win loss is very similar to that of Bauer, and his ERA is almost a full point less. Mm-hmm. And he's and like I said, fourteen. He's making fourteen million. Yeah. So you get him. You get Bryant.
1: Yeah, like. Sports
0: Radio, 1019 FM, the well, 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 welcome back to McCartan after midnight here. Ah, we should say McCartan in the morning at this point. It is 4.04 here in New York City, the very freezing New York City. As you just heard on Mike McCann's update, we are expecting some snow in this area on Monday, we are in right now. I just checked. It feels like temperature is 14 degrees right now. We are under a winter storm warning until Tuesday, 6 a.m. Whoa, this one up 14 to 18 inches of snow possible. Winds getting as high as 45 miles an hour. Pat, I love the snow. I, I'm excited. I do love the snow a lot.
13: I have no longer any reason to love the snow. Why? You can't plan it.
0: <laughs> yes, You the- can.
13: What's, I mean, are you gonna though? Yeah, with the dog, yeah. But for what, like 10 minutes? Like well, when after you, when I, you were younger and it snowed, you, it's like an all day thing. You take your sled, <laughs> I had, always had the round disc. <laughs> yeah. You go to like your local, like, you know, cheap golf course. Or you to to go to like to the, the biggest
0: hill. Northern Valley, Denver, Sydney. And you, had the you do hill. that
13: at, you know, like that, that action starts at 10 a.m. <laughs> You're going to like 2, you come home. Your mom, or you know, your Has dad, lunch. or whoever makes you hot cocoa lunch, soup. the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. then it's five o'clock, and then you got a whole day's action. in. And-
0: yeah, actually, we went back out at home though, after lunch, after the soup and stuff. So, um, yeah, I get it, but as an adult, well, first, as an adult, though, you have to shovel it. That's a that that is why I'm looking at this like uh oh so 14 to 18 inches is a little uh oh on the shoveling but yeah I go outside and I play with the dog for yeah I throw snowballs at her yeah I don't know I don't know <laughs> she catches it in her mouth she loves, loves it. It. it she loves it she's a husky yeah. and she loves it
13: oh yeah yeah I don't know maybe I I feel old saying this but I feel like I've got I've got no use for the snow anymore
0: oh my god it's all a right. pain in the ass well, to
13: shovel I can't I don't go outside and have fun in it
0: all right well here's the deal you come to my house you help me shovel you go outside and we could play with the dog how's that. All right, deal. If you can if you can get there. If you can dig out from yeah, the 14th Yeah, For real, 18. my car will be buried in Hoboken. <laughs> yeah, you might not be able to get out of that. Um, but wow, 14 to 18 inches. That went up. Oh my god. Uh so be just be careful, everybody, because that is dangerous. Snow has the, the the forty-five mile an hour winds is scary. Power outages, you know, down lines. You know the deal. I don't need to tell you that. Um, but yeah, that is uh that is uh exciting to me. I'm excited. <laughs> um Okay, I'm just reading a text here. Uh, okay, I'll come back to that in a second. Okay, so let's go back to the phones. Quick programming note: If you're looking for Frank Isola, we're going to do 4:40 of Frank Isola, so 4:40 in the morning. So that means more time for your calls, of course. Okay, let's go to Tony in Providence in the order in which you guys called. I know you give I I give you your fair shake. So Tony in Providence, you are up first in the four o'clock hour. What is up?
14: Good, mo- good morning, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm good, Tony. I'm very happy. I'm, like I said last week, I'm the best station in America. You're in your show is outstanding. Thank you. I said it'll be Kansas City against Tampa. I, I called that one, huh?
0: Yeah, and you I did. Told... I was hoping for the Bills. I really was. I was willing I them know. to win. Um, but yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs were the better team. And I'm just really hoping the Bucks pull this one off for sure.
14: Right, but good will. job to you. Yep. Well, yeah. But yeah um, and I know Green Bay, I'll uh, give them every chance. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, they didn't go for, I mean, no. The two points was bad. The coach did, and then the field goal. I mean, come on! Um, but yeah, I think that was just bad coaching, uh, really. But um, hey, um, they had chances. Uh, Green Bay definitely had the chances, uh, and um, but I just know they give him chance. And I kept saying, "Go to Gronk." I guess they would double team or something. But and then, because the, he kept Brady was having trouble with the other receivers
1: yeah. at a little point. and then I said, "Go to
14: Gronk," and then sure enough. That's just clutch, man, and he got it done. And uh, he made a key key play, I thought, late in the game. When Gron got that completion, I yeah. mean, it was a big one.
0: And, Tony, that highlights just something, a theme that we've been talking about tonight and a little bit last week, that, that the importance of a tight end to not only a young quarterback, but as an established quarterback and one of the greatest, if not the greatest, all-time in Tom Brady, a tight end. The importance of having a really good tight end. And this, you've got Gronkowski and the others, Versus Travis Kelsey coming up in the Super Bowl. I don't think that's a coincidence.
14: Right. And um, last time they played with three points. Uh, Tim is going to win the white jerseys.
0: Yeah, I like uh, the whites. I saw that.
14: And that's big. And I uh, I think the key play to watch for this week, uh, the key news is going to be, I mean, obviously Mahomes is not going to have key tackle, one or two. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, protection, and you see the, the hits. They were vicious, that defense. Um, they were making hard hits against Green Bay, and um, I think that defense uh, is is going to be the key. Tampa, I mean, they yes. won't talk about the offense, but yes. they were on fire. And uh, you know, if that players are going to be out, one or two key players, I think that, that's huge for Tampa Bay's advantage. Because I mean, uh, um, you look at them, protection and uh you gotta the quarterback and i know he's he's outstanding but again um, that's going to be a key player and i don't know if a brown's going to play or not but i'm looking at that's going to be a key play and then tom brady He's playing at home. I mean, he's not gonna be denied. He's gonna find a way. I mean, that's why some people like him, some people don't. But give him credit. I mean, he gets it done, Daniel. He finds a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really does.
0: I know. And Tony, thanks for the thanks for that, that breakdown there of the Super Bowl. I know I can tell you're very excited about it. Um I would ask though, I don't really want to go into breakdowns and, and all that on the Super Bowl just yet. Of course I'm excited, just as as excited as you are, Tony, for the Super Bowl. I have I tell you I remind you guys every week, if the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl I win $770 on a $35 bet. So, um, I am all in. I am very excited for this Super Bowl, but, um, I really want to save it for next week. Cause I, I, I it keeps me up at night. Like I wake up in the middle of night and I'm like, oh, I, I gotta write this. I, you should see my notes, the notes in my phone. I have like timestamps of like whatever time in the morning, like, Oh, Hey Siri, make this note. Or like, Hey Siri, add this to a note. And, um, yeah, and one of my notes to myself was don't forget to next week on your Super Bowl special do all the intro songs from the commercials with either the weekend songs or Eric Church songs because he's going to be singing the national anthem is is what I think I read. So, yeah, so that that is uh, something that we're going to save for next week, though. Um, this week, is, it's really all about what's going on with Deshaun Watson, if if he's a fit for the Jets. Um, and, uh, you know, Mets and Yankees hot stove is really, I play for you, burning up. You baby and and Pat, where did the the Jonas brothers go in here? They're gone,
13: yeah, they're gone, or I don't know what happened to them. Um, I don't know if uh Craig and Evan mentioned on their show what they did with them, their whereabouts, their MIA, yeah,
0: they they uh they hijacked the Jonas brothers, they they kidnapped the Jonas brothers,
13: they really didn't fit. I mean, it was, I know, you know, it was funny, whatever. The, The best part was like the manager who's. Repulsive looking. have you know, no clue who it is. <laughs> kind of looked like, what is that? What was that woman be that nice. Susan Boyle?
0: Be nice. <laughs> Stop it. Be nice. <laughs>
13: oh. they, I don't think they'll be missed by anybody other than
0: you, maybe. I know. I liked it. I've worked them into my intro and everything this morning. Whatever. Whatever. All right, we'll go to John in Staten Island next. John, you are up on the fan. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, John. What's up?
5: Eh, not much listening to you. Uh, give some great points. I mean, you know, especially with Donald. I mean, uh, that trade for Gia, I, I can't believe they uh, they made that trade. That's that's crazy.
0: Which one? I mean,
5: I, I, I do like the quarterback on Detroit, but oh, him, oh, Detroit. He, had bad, he had a bad neck. I, I, and, I mean, um, you know, he sat out a whole year, two years ago, didn't he? Is Matt Stafford? Uh,
0: you know, think, uh, St- uh, Stafford, yeah.
5: He had that neck injury, right? He, oh, that, yeah, I do remember that. that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah,
5: he almost took out a whole year.
0: Yeah. Uh, he give
5: up, well, I mean, obviously the money's involved, but I, I don't think the Rams, I, I mean, watch them against the Jets this year. Their offense wasn't, their receivers are mediocre at best also. So, the
0: Jets receivers are terrible. The, the Rams, the Rams. Oh, the Rams. Oh, the Rams. I'm sorry. I missed one word. I'm sorry. Yeah, they
5: have nobody that really spreads the field. I mean, uh, you know, their running game is mediocre at best. You uh, know,
0: I, I, the guy's been in the Super Bowl. I don't know about that because yeah. I disagree. The Rams have a pretty good receiving core. They really do. And and you uh, got you uh, had Cooper Cup who was playing injured for most of the second half of that season.
5: Oh, well, he's decent. He's decent. But I mean, Stafford had some good receivers too. I mean,
0: you know. Yeah, John, we're going to disagree on. We're, we're going to respectfully disagree on that, but. Well, you
5: know what though. The only thing is though. I mean, the Jets have the second pick. I mean, the, the Rams will probably be later. I mean, Rams have I mean, their strength has always been their defense, though. I mean, yeah, Donald is unbelievable. I mean, the
0: defense is unbelievable. Yeah, but and, did you see Mikai Becton throwing Donald to the ground, Aaron Donald? I did like that. Did you Did you <laughs> see that play? He manhandled. Him. Yeah, yeah. I Loved mean, uh, he was trying to stay away
5: from Becton. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, I just hope the Jets don't use it on an offensive lineman too. I mean. Take the receiver then. If you're not gonna, if you're gonna stay with Donald, take the take take the receiver. He's he's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm sick of trading down. Everybody's trading down, no no offensive lineman. Yeah, but though I
0: do, I do like the John. I'll tell you, what, I do, I do like the idea of Jets trading down just from two to like I got to look at it, but like seven eight. I like it. Whereas you one, you still get your offensive linemen, and until you get another pick where you can get a wide receiver in, let's say, the beginning, possibly, of the second round or maybe late first but Devontae, round. But how great is that kid, though? He's
5: unbelievable. He's good. Both
0: He's good. But, know, he, but, but again, you can't, like Tony Richardson told you last week, you can't. he could be wide open in the end zone. This is a great analogy. He could be wide open in the end zone, but if Sam Darnold's looking at the sky, the clouds passing by MetLife Stadium, what good is he?
5: Well, they do have a lot of money to, to, to free agency. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's go shopping, and, and, John. And, 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 and
5: they got the, the linebacker coming back too. That that was a big, you know, he's a, he's a difference maker. I mean, you know, if he's healthy, he's a difference maker. The, the guy we, we got from uh, Baltimore a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, CJ Mosley yeah. is is a really big cog in the middle of that defense, and he sat. He was injured two years ago, and he sat out for COVID this past season. So he is. Yeah, you're right. That, that a lot of people forget about him, and, and and to be honest, I did too. So good for you. Yeah,
5: uh, and then with the Mets, uh, I mean. Um, for oh, a week, poor Steve Cohen. Uh, they're, they're killing the poor guy. But they knew what he did anyway. This is what he does for a living.
0: And they approved and, uh, him. And guess what? They approved yeah, exactly, him. So Exactly. right?
5: This is what he does for a living. Everybody knew what he did. And he ain't doing, believe me, he, what he does, he ain't doing nothing illegal. He knows what he's doing legally. He ain't going to break the law. You know? so, well, I, I, I mean, don't know. That's the
0: thing, though, John. We don't. We don't know. None of us know yeah, but, Steve Cohen. You no, know, I, I know that. I know that. But I'm just saying that. I mean, these guys have to get
5: licenses. You're, you're dealing with the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, you, you're not going to do something stupid, you know, to ruin his whole career. You know, his whole livelihood. Right. You
0: know? I, I'm but,
5: with you on that. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. And, and uh, I disagree. I, I'm not a big – I mean, Nemo weak defensively. But, I mean, Jackie probably can't hit. I I, I mean, you know, that's what I worry about. I mean, I'd rather get the guy Millar then. If if you're going to give up on Brandon Nemo. at least Millar, you know, real good offensively. Because we're going to be much stronger up the middle, you know, with Lindor and Uh uh, McNeil up the middle. I mean, you know, he ain't going to have to worry about balls dropping in front of him as much either. Because, you know, let's face it, Cano, you know, he had no range. And uh, you know our range improved definitely up the middle. I, I mean, I like Nemo's bat. I mean, I, I know he's weak offensively; can't get back the balls. That's his weakness. But Jackie Bradley, he's asking a lot of money for. You know, he's not an offensive player without the DH. If Jack the DH, I say yeah, maybe. But without the DH, what are you gonna? You know.
0: Yeah, and and John, I, I get you, John, and and. He's looking at a contract. He's a spot track values him at about eleven point two million dollars a year. Martino says a little bit more, actually a lot more. Actually, when you look at it, when you compare it, you look at George Springer, right? That's who everybody coveted for the Mets. Um, I disagree on the batting average. I mean, I mean on the hitter. I mean, we can look more into this on the other side of the break here. But just a quick look here: Jackie Bradley Jr. Twenty twenty, he batted two eighty three. Career two thirty nine. That is. Uh, better than George Springer did in 2020 and slightly under what he did with the bat uh, for his career. Um, so I'm not sure about that. And and we did last week compare the, their, their fielding percentages, which I think was exactly to, to the hundredth of a percent I think was the same. Um, and Brandon Nemo uh, the Italian way of Nemo. I, I, I love him. Uh, I think he's a great Met. Um, if he moves to left field, I think it's great. I, I really do still think that Jackie Bradley Jr. should be uh, Mets priority. Number one, Bauer two. And then again, maybe entertain the Chris Bryant. I don't know. But um, definitely for sure, Jackie Bradley Jr. is just, you know, is, is priority number one for me at this point in time. Okay, we'll do more of your calls after the break. Again, quick programming note, Frank Isola, 440. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan.
8: This is Chris Carino. Join me along with Tim Capstraw for Nets basketball tonight at
15: 6.50 when they wrap up their road trip against the Washington Wizards right here on your flagship station for the Brooklyn Nets. The fans. Sports Radio 1019 WFAN-FM and streaming on all your devices at WFAN.com.
0: Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight. We are... This is it. This song is the epitome of what we're doing here tonight. We are grinding. We are high energy. I love it. Pat, I love it. You know I do. We've got a lot. Actually, I got some tweets coming in on the break that I do want to address. Uh, John McKenna, this one goes out to you. He said, Coach McCarr, no disrespect, but in no universe or category is Tanyan better than or Tanyan better than Kelsey. Well, guess what? In 2020, in my opinion, he was. And I'm going to let you guys be the decision makers because in the regular season, Robert Tanyan... And Travis Kelsey both had 11 touchdowns, equal. So they're equal there, right? Tied for the first in the NFL. And guess what? I always talk about, you know, receivers and everything, catch rates. Like, if you're a pass catcher, your catch rate better be pretty high, right? Tunyon has a pass catch rate. I I said this last week. Tunyon Tunyon has a catch rate that leads all pass catchers in the NFL, 88%. Which is unheard of. So that's why in 2020, Robert Tunyon was better than Travis Kelsey. So that one that one goes out to you, John McKenna. And so, uh, and, oh, yeah, Don Hines Jr., Don, tweeted me. He said probably 2,000 was the last time the Jets had this many draft picks. And he, he tweeted me a, a link to, uh, it went away really quick, but it was a link to Wikipedia. And the Jets in that year, in the 2000 NFL draft, by the way, the GM was Bill Parcells. 2000, I was in 6th grade, so caught me a little slack here, but 2000, the GM of the Jets was uh, Bill Parcells, and in that 2000 draft, they had four first-rounders, the Jets, and they took Sean Ellis, John Abraham, Chad Pennington, and oh, guess what? A tight end, Anthony Becht. And then, um, in the second round, actually, was Lavernius Coles. How did that pay off for the Jets? Well, the Jets made it to the playoffs in 2001, and then... Oh, Chad Pennington was their quarterback in the divisional round, lost to the Oakland Raiders. So, yeah, it paid off. And then 2004 playoffs, 2006 playoffs. Okay, so um, if you have the right guy making the decisions, uh, there's a chance it, it pays off. It's not such a lottery pick, especially now with all the metrics and all of the, uh, um, you know, just the information that's out there. It's, it's how you curate that information and what you do with it uh, that really dictates how successful you're going to be and do I think Joe Douglas is that guy for the Jets? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, so let's go back to your calls. and Remember at 4:40 Frank Izola is coming up. So, you got in you got to get in before 4:40 or right after it. So, let's go Alex in New Canaan, Connecticut. You're on the fan.
5: Yeah, hi you Danielle. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um
3: uh on the uh
5: on on um the show I know I'm watching. Yeah. Um now, the only thing I would fear of is, uh, is uh, actually, a couple of callers ago, you had the uh, the guy called in with Miami. Mm-hmm. Because that's my fear is Miami. Mine too. As a Jets fan, I would give up three number ones and a number two.
0: Okay, wait, I'm going to write, right. I'm writing that down. I think that's entirely too much, but I'll write it down. Alex, yeah. I'm going to tweet these out. Everybody can react to what you guys are that's, putting up. Absolutely. Okay, I'd so. Both,
5: both number ones this year.
0: Okay. A
5: number one for next year and the number two for next year.
0: All right, number one, I'm writing it down, next year. And number two next year. Yeah. Now, what that leaves me with is my number two
5: this year. Alex, that leaves you with nothing. No, it doesn't. It leaves me my number two this year, a number one pick next year, and two number threes next year, and Deshaun Watson in my pocket. And hopefully that can get it done.
0: Hopefully. Wait. You've got no first-rounders this year, if, in, in, based on your plan. You, you've well, got no first-rounders this year. Ex- except that, well, uh, well,
5: in a way I do, because I have Deshaun Watson if they do the deal. So to me, what, if Deshaun Watson's on the board at number two, it's a no-brainer. I take him. So I'm giving up two number ones this year, and I'm getting Deshaun Watson. I, I, I uh, keep my number two this year. I give up a number 1 next year. I still have a number 1 next year. I give up
0: the number 2 that's next a lot, year and I have two I have two number 3s next year. That's a lot. You're giving up three first rounders in two years. Three of the four first rounders in two years. That that's a lot. That's that's like crazy town, Alex. I'm sorry. I, I really That's do. not crazy. It because is.
5: Because I still have enough. Well, let me ask you a question. When Jamal Adams and I don't remember what what, what your what your take was on it. Mm-hmm. When Jamal when you did the Jamal Adams trade, I didn't hear any Jet fans say, "Hey, but don't worry, we got a whole farm. We got a farm load of draft picks." I didn't hear anybody say that. Well, I, you, I guess you didn't tune. In to, I guess you
0: didn't tune into my show here, but because when, as soon as I the Jets, Alex, yeah, you did, and, and it's okay. It's it happens. But Alex, as soon as the Jets, um realized that they were in total rebuild mode. Listen, I wanted to keep Jamal Adams. He's a dynamic player, right? But at at a particular point in time, you realize that the handwriting was on the wall and that the Jets needed to tear it down to build it back up, and I was aboard with that, right? So to be giving up three out of the next four first-rounders for Deshaun Watson with a team that is completely incomplete everywhere, basically everywhere else... It's just, it's just too much. It's just, that's crazy town. And, and not, not to mention that, but you want to give it a second rounder next year. In addition to all that, it's just, it's a lot. That's, that's just a lot. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off like that, but that's just, it's too much. Because again, we've been talking about it all night. Who's he going to throw to? Who's going to protect him? And just like the Brooklyn Nets are seeing, you know, you could put up 145 points a game and you could still lose if the other team puts up 146. So who is playing defense for the New York Jets? At this point, you can't win every game by a a shootout. You have to play defense. You need money, and you need draft capital to do that. That is the best way to build in the NFL, is through the draft. It's not like the NBA, where you can just cherry-pick free agents like like the Brooklyn Nets did. You don't have to look far. They've got the big three. How? Well, Harden came via trade, but the other two were free agents. Okay, so it's not like that in the NFL. Mike in West Palm Beach, you're on the fan. Buongiorno, Daniela. Buongiorno, buona mattina. I
16: have to, you know, I was on Facebook with a few relatives in Italy, and oh, I've yeah. never been, but I'm, oh yeah, and, uh, and, uh, but I'm going next year with my cousin Tony, so first time, so. Awesome, well let me know if you out. need
0: any, any help or suggestions or whatever. I, I definitely will. Um,
16: a shout out to Pat, you know, uh, Aces as a producer. My head was spinning after that last call. You know, long time back there, but I want draft picks on the draft. Pick. Here's my scenario. Here's what I want. To... Yeah. <whistles> I did write it Whoa. down.
0: It was he wanted to give up three, <speaks> and I know he's still listening. I'm not disrespecting, but just to recap, oh, no, he wanted no, no, to no, give no three, no, no. three I, out I'm of the a, four first round no, picks and a second rounder next year. That, that's a lot.
16: Right, and I've been saying for years, like you record on your show, Daniel. Uh, where are the tight ends? But you have to solidify, and this is on Joe Douglas. Everyone knows that. I, I, I've seen it all you know, with the Jets. Uh, I've seen it all, same with the Mets. Um, But they they need a renovation job. And who knows what the scenario is going to play out to be. Do we keep Sam Darno? Everyone, uh, you know, now they got a fixation for Deshaun Watson. Whatever, that's cool. Um, But I was going to talk about, uh, well, first of all, uh, May 17th on May 11th, and Taurus, we're firm in our convictions. (laughs) That's right, yes. uh, You know, I like the idea. I read about him, uh, forty-one years old, th- this hotshot uh, GM, ex-GM for the Mets.
1: <laughs> you know, just it, 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 it,
16: brutal. Yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal. And speaking of brutal, Daniel, you know, uh, outrageous. When I saw it, but I have to say it again on your show. That lineman, <clears throat> excuse me, play for the Giants in Seattle with the assault on that girl. Chad I Miller. mean, yeah, despicable. Uh, who's got the handcuffs? Turn around, boom. Yeah,
0: and why he was out on bail, too. Like, why is he not sitting in a jail cell right now thinking about what he did? I mean, come on.
16: Come on. And I've never seen so many uh, situations. It used to be the National Football League. Now it's like a National Felony League, the last 10 years stories.
0: Well, well, uh, well, well, well. All right.
16: Yep. Anyway, um, I'm looking at yesterday's post. Here's the thing with with the Yankee fans. Uh, I don't know why they kept Sanchez. You know, he's in a... He's in a real uh, funk. He's funkified at the plate. The toughest thing to do, get a round ball with a round bat, and people have never played a high level of ball. They don't have a clue You know how tough it is. But, hey, mm-hmm. listen, uh, they need pitchers, and, and uh, you still got that 210-million-year-old uh, Stanton, that's George Steinbrenner baseball. Yep. But, uh, all right, Daniel, uh, let me let me move on. Uh, I'm going to hit that golf ball next week. I'll uh, play nine holes. <laughs> all right, well, good luck. Golf- yeah. <laughs> thank you, uh, using dad's clubs, uh, rest in peace. And it's got mojo on the golf ball, like I said last week. Um, so I'm going to hit it. And last thing, I hope you make and start on Boom's softball team and kick some serious butt.
0: Oh, I made the team, Mike. I don't know if I'm a starter, but I'm ready to kick butt for sure. I'm yeah. on the team. I can't wait to play, and I am so excited to get in on that field
16: for sure. That was your position. That was my position back in the day. And, yeah, you know, love it. All right, Danielle. Always good. Always good chatting. All
0: All right, best. Mike, I appreciate it. Um, and I got a check-in from Chris Wynn at the Orleans Poker Room in Las Vegas. So That's pretty cool. He's tuned in on the Radio.com app on WFAN. So we've got Florida. We've got Vegas. And now let's go to Garden City. Mark, you're on the fan.
6: How are you, Danielle?
0: I'm great. How are you?
6: I'm good. You know, I was just, um, I just was going to tell you my uh, what I would give for uh, Deshaun Watson. Okay,
0: let me write down. Hold on. Let me get my pen out. Okay, go ahead.
6: Now I don't think I would get him with this, but I would give this year's first round pick, which is the second overall, mm-hmm. and I would give Sam Darnold, and I wouldn't give anything
0: else. Yep. So first round pick, second overall, and Darnold. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's if if I were to do it, that's probably what I would do too. But it's not going to get him. But no,
6: I don't think so. Yeah. You know, my concern with him is that don't forget. He's forcing his way out of mm-hmm. Houston right now. Exactly. So imagine he comes to the Jets, and if the Jets you know, go true to form for a couple of years, he could be very disillusioned here, mm-hmm. decide to force his way out of New York,
1: mm-hmm.
6: or he could decide he wants to fire the coach and tell everybody who the next coach or general manager should be. Yep. And you could have a complete fiasco after giving up a king's ransom for him. Uh, yep. Exactly. Yes. That's my biggest concern.
0: Yep. I'm with you. I, that's a concern of mine as well. I agree with you.
6: Well, listen, it was good talking to you, and have a good show.
0: Well, thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. So Mark's uh, p- uh, projection would they be uh, one first-round pick, which is this year's second overall, and Darnold. Yeah, if I'm giving up anything for Deshaun Watson, that's what I would do too, and obviously we are both in agreement that that that's not going to get it done in terms of the, the Houston Texans' point of view. I get it for sure. Um, but it is what it is. Billy and Rocklin, you are on the fan.
2: Hey, Danielle. Great show. Thank you. Um, first, I'd like to say Tristan Worfs, who the Giants and Jets both passed on. Monster, is in the right? Super Bowl.
0: Yep, monster. Yeah, he
2: he dances with those feet, you know?
0: Yep, but Becton, though, Becton is good, too. Worfs <laughs> was number one on my board, by the way. I just want to put that out there, my draft board. Yeah. He was for the offensive lineman. He was first. Mackay Beckton, I think I had second. Andrew Thomas was third for me. But, yeah, yeah good Yeah, and if him. you're
2: Houston and you want to give away – You've got to get rid of uh, Deshaun Watson. There's no way you're going to take uh, Sam Donald if you're getting a number one pick because chances are you're going to take a quarterback. So what use is Donald to you?
0: Yeah, you're right. Good point.
2: Also, uh, I think that uh, Detroit made a really good deal taking this guy. I mean, Stafford got a good deal and Detroit got a good deal, but the Rams didn't because Stafford's going with a team he can win with. Mm Mm-hmm. And Detroit got picks.
0: Yeah, Detroit got a, a boatload of picks and a quarterback that could really do a really good job with a, a change but, of scenery.
2: I don't think he's that good a quarterback, but. No, he's not. A I veteran,
0: at least. A veteran quarterback. He's not, yeah, you but know. A, a, a lot agree. of people
2: said he missed passes in the Super Bowl that could have won the game for him. Wow. Uh, you know? Well. Not just missed passes, didn't see the darn receiver be, you know, wide open.
0: Well, I, I I don't I haven't studied that Super Bowl, so I can't make a decision either way on that billion. Thanks for the call. But uh, the Rams got Stafford; they are win now clearly. And the Lions got Goff and a, and a ransom of picks, which is here are the picks: a third round uh, this year, third rounder this year, a first rounder next year, and a first rounder in twenty twenty three the following year after that. So uh, it is a boatload of picks that the Lions got, and it's a rebuild. It's clearly a rebuild in Detroit, and that, in my opinion obviously just drove up the the price of Deshaun Watson. And if you're the Jets, do do you match it? Do you do it? I'm going to go with no. Uh, Quickly, Lenny in Long Island, you're on the fan.
17: Okay, let's see if you have any baseball fans out there. And uh, thank you very much for helping me prepare for my day. Here's (laughs) the deal. Uh, We've seen Francisco Lindor, Mookie Betts, and now Nolan Arenado, three superstars, Mm -hmm. get traded not to make their team better, but to save money. Now, here's my point. Yeah. In 1976, Commissioner Bowie Kuhn vetoed two trades that prevented Charlie Finley and the Oakland Athletics from cutting salary by trading Vita Blue to the Yankees, Raleigh Fingers, and Joe Rudy to the Red Sox. The commissioner vetoed those deals in the best interest of baseball.
0: Mm. I
17: think uh, the same thing should happen to this Arenado deal. What do you think?
0: Um. I, you know, I don't think that uh, uh, Manfred has, has the gall to do it, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> Right? I mean, he didn't do it any other time. He didn't do it in bets, all, all the deals that you mentioned. He didn't do it. So why yeah. would he start now, you know?
17: Well, it's got to be reexamined and maybe uh, starting at some period of time. And either could be put out saying we are not going to let these deals happen anymore, whatever they have to do. I don't know how it's going to be done. But it's got to be under the heading of the best interest of baseball, and that's what I think. And by the way, I'll end it by saying all you Met fans who think there's any chance of um, uh, Trevor Bauer going to the Mets, forget about it. He's going to the Phillies without a doubt. The Phillies with Bryce Harper, they're ranked fourth in the National League East, and they spent $100 million on a catcher. What does that tell you? It means they're going all in. They're going to get Trevor Bauer to Philadelphia.
0: Wow. You you guys heard it here first. Lenny Long Island. Lenny Long Island says Trevor Bauer is going to the Phillies. We shall see, Lenny. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We have a hard out here because Frank Isola is up next in the Brooklyn Beat.
8: Exclusively on the fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York
0: joining us on this installment of brooklyn beat is yes networks brooklyn nets analyst frank isola isola in italian so That's frank right. benvenuto welcome to the show
15: <laughs> bonjour how are you danielle okay. good to see you what's going on
0: All right. hey there's a lot of stuff coming out of brooklyn and i gotta get your take on it so the, the nets are near the top of the standings in the eastern conference as yep. everyone expects them to be right Um, But the last time I did this segment was a month ago with Michael Grady and the team looks so much different since then. And the biggest change being obviously the addition of James Harden, who leads the league in assists per game. So is that enough for him to shed the ball hog title that Nets fans were so concerned about when he got here?
15: Well, I also think that was the way that he played in Houston. So they wanted him to score and he had the ball in his hands a lot. He also was never playing. He played with good players. I mean, he had Chris Paul there he had Russell Westbrook last year. He never had a player of the caliber of Kevin Durant. So I think when he got to Brooklyn, the first couple of games, he was really trying to fit in. And then when Kyrie Irving rejoined the team, I thought he was trying to fit in way too much. He was deferring. He needs to, he needs to be aggressive. He's very good with the ball in his hands. You're talking about one of the elite offensive players we've seen in the league in the last 20 years. And Kevin Durant is another elite offensive player. So offensively, the Nets will figure it out, and if you really look at their last couple of results and the way that they've played, they have figured it out. The issue with them will always be defensively. But James Harden, the, what I've always liked about James Harden, in a league where a lot of guys miss games, you know, whatever he's doing in his private life, and he's a young single guy, and apparently he likes to have fun, but he shows up for work, and he plays all the time. And I think that says a lot about the guy. So from that standpoint, I think that's one of the reasons that why they went on and got him. They know they can rely on him.
0: We've seen the immediate impact, the long-term impact, reliability, durability. What else does he bring to this team?
15: Well, he just brings a superior uh, talent on the court. So there've been a bunch of games that the Nets have already played where late in the game, you know, Kevin Durant is going to get his shots. And to me, he should be the first guy, but when you have Kyrie Irving and James Harden and the Nets will score points, the biggest thing will be on the defensive end for them. But I like what Harden has done. Harden, joins the team. He kind of feels like an outsider and he's kind of acted like an outsider. When Kyrie Irving came back after missing two weeks, he was going out of his way to kind of defer to Kyrie Irving. And I'm thinking, well, why are you deferring to him? He was out two weeks. You're the guy that should just be taking over a game. And I think, you know, if you look at Kyrie, he's won a championship with LeBron. Kevin Durant's won two championships and has been a finals MVP twice. I think James Harden has accomplished everything in the league. He's even been to an NBA finals with Oklahoma City. I think he wants to win that ring, and I think he'd be okay if you said, you're going to win a championship as the number two guy behind Kevin Durant. I think he would say, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm I'm good with that. I'll sign up for that.
0: His arrival meant a few departures, though. Most costly, in my opinion, was Jared Allen. And I looked at the league's rebounds leaders earlier today, and I had to scroll all the way down to like 35th to find the first Brooklyn net, which was Kevin Durant. And after that, a little farther and you'll see 6'11 big DeAndre Jordan's name. And, but, but that's yeah. it in the top 50. So if Frank Isola, if you are drawing up a game plan, how would you increase the number of rebounds offensively, defensively, and thus increase second chance point opportunities for this team?
15: Yeah, well, you've hit on it. It's really defense and rebounding. And, you know, Jared Allen does not necessarily move the needle. But Jared Allen has been terrific for the Brooklyn Nets the last two years. He was, by the time he got traded, because of games played, he was their second best player. And their second and their third best player was Karis LeVert. So they got rid of two outstanding role players. And by that, they did everything. They were low maintenance, they played hard, they played all the time, and they were productive. And that's a big loss because DeAndre Jordan, at this stage of his career, to be effective, he's like an 18 to 25 minute type of player. I think that the Nets believe. That they're going to get another player, either through a trade or maybe a buyout. Could that be a guy like Andre Drummond with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Um, JaVale McGee plays for the Cavaliers. Could it be him? I think they know that they have an opportunity to get someone again. Either it's going to be through a trade, or you're going to see what happens. It happens every year after the trade deadline, which I believe this year it's usually in February. I believe this year it's March 25th, and after that. Period, then you start seeing guys get bought out of their contracts. And the Nets would be an attractive team to players of that caliber because you're going to have a chance to chase a championship. But you're 100% right. Like in that area of rebounding, they've been bullied in a lot of games. They play the Washington Wizards on Sunday. The last time they played Washington, Thomas Bryant crushed them. And Thomas Bryant won't be playing this game. Unfortunately, he's blown out his knee but he dominated them inside and the Nets. That's something that Sean Marks and uh, Steve Nash know they need to get better at.
0: Now, is there a name, because you mentioned a few, is there like a, a hierarchy or a priority list for you on any of those guys that they could go out and get?
15: Well, it's funny, like you watch Andre Drummond play, and Andre Drummond, when he's out there, he makes some of the wackiest plays. And Shaq is always featuring him on TNT and Shaq than the fool. I call him Magic Drummond now. Once he starts dribbling the ball, I'm like, oh, something crazy is going to happen. He, he doesn't play. He just needs to be a big man who plays close to the basket, grabs rebounds, block shots. Now, he's not that great of a defensive player. He's actually a little overrated defensively. But I think that he would be at the top because he's realistic. Remember, they have Jared Allen. So Andre Drummond is a guy that they, they're probably not going to resign. So when it gets down to March, could they do something where they buy him out? He gives them back a little bit of money for a chance to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. I could see, to me, that would be the high-end guy. And think about it now. You add him to the team, and now you have Drummond starting with Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Then you're bringing DeAndre Jordan off the bench. That's a better situation for the Nets. To me, he would be the high-end guy. A more realistic one would likely be JaVale McGee.
0: We're talking with Frank Isola, Yes Network analyst on the fan here. Um, you know, and they just, the Nets just having newly signed 6'10 Norville Pell, that certainly helps. I mean, he's expected to join the team later yeah. tonight in Washington. So what can the Nets fans expect from him moving forward?
15: Uh, I mean, I think they're just looking to fill holes right now. I, I don't think you know, with all these guys that they have, Reggie Perry, whatever, you know, Jeff Green really is their, their main guy. They'd like to play small. So a lot of, they've ended a bunch of games where the game against Atlanta the other night, you know, they, they played the final eight minutes and all of overtime with Jeff Green as their center. And that creates some matchup problems on the defensive end because they just don't have the size, but offensively, it gives you another shooter. You spread the court and it allows Harden, Durant, Kyrie Irving, a lot more space. So, it's a help it's a body but i don't know how long term of a situation it's some it's something where they just signed him and they're thinking no this will be a key piece to a championship team i'm i'm not willing to say that
0: right um and we talked a lot about defense so let's really let's really nail it so brooklyn is in a dead heat with milwaukee atop the nba scoring charts which is great which is what we all expected but the net's final score differential is just about half that of the bucks so what will it take for a team with harden durant yeah. Irving and I'm even putting Harris in there to begin to consistently blow teams out.
15: Yeah. Yeah. Look at you with the analytics, with the point differential, which a lot of coaches look at it's, it's definitely an issue defense. And a lot of time it's more about communication. It's more about commitment and, you know, watch the Nets closely on a lot of nights and Kyrie Irving, there's nothing wrong with what Kyrie Irving does offensively, defensively. He runs into screens a lot. Then he's caught in a switch and now he's on a big man and he, he doesn't, you know, compete the way you'd want him to on the defensive end before he took that two-week hiatus they played a game against utah and kyrie irving was locked in on both ends of the court and he played well so he's capable of it so i think for the nets it's hard though to be a championship team if you don't rank say in the top 15 defensively in the league so sean marks is not dumb steve nash is not dumb they know exactly what they need to do but when you watch the games closely look at durant out there Durant competes every possession on the defensive end he does a lot of talking you could tell that he's kind of taken ownership of being really the leader of the team the face of the team but to your point defensively they're going to have to get better it's hard to win playoff games just by outscoring your opponent
0: totally agree with you now now james harden here's another thing here's another analytics thing but james harden leads the league in minutes played per game durant is fourth (laughs) To me, is this breakneck pace of play cause for concern down the stretch and into those playoffs?
15: Danielle is the minutes police. I never would have thought it. What's if what would what's the Italian police siren?
1: Yeah, (laughs)
15: you got it. You're not, you're not. I think that's a generational thing. I can't get caught up on minutes. I just don't. I don't think it's, I think these guys love to play. If you go look at, you know, the minutes that Michael Jordan played over his career, go even go look at LeBron James, how many minutes he's played. I get it. People are going to say, well, they played a faster pace. All right. But they also have more rest days. And look at the way that they're using Kevin Durant. He's gone over, he went over 50 minutes in that game against Cleveland. They gave him uh, Thursday off, then Friday off before he came back for the Saturday game against Miami. This very last game that he played, I think he got to, what, 40-plus minutes. Might have been 44. And the only reason that happened is because the game went to overtime. And so he was off on Thursday. They gave him off on Friday and Saturday. So I think that's how they're going to do it. I think Steve Nash is of the belief, and Steve Nash played a lot of minutes when he played for Mike D'Antoni and Phoenix. They played their guys a lot. They only played like eight or nine guys. I think that Steve Nash has it figured out. So for all you analytic people like you, Danielle, here's how I think a lot of coaches look at it. If I play my best players the most amount of minutes, that increases the chance that I could win the game. And I think the players are right with, and I give Durant a lot of credit, after he played the 50-plus minutes against Cleveland, that double overtime game, he was asked about the minutes, and his answer was, I could have gone for another 20. That's what you want to hear. Don't be like the rest of the people in the media and the fans. So worried about the players. Darn minutes. They're okay. They're going to be, they'll be fine playing all those minutes.
0: (laughs) We're talking with Frank Isola from, he does a serious XM show called the starting lineup with Brian Scalabrini. Who has also been on this show before. Um, Hey, you know, Frank, I've played the game of basketball. I'll be honest. I, I wasn't exactly Joe Harris from the floor. Let's put that out there, but I could play defense and I could create things for others. So I'm curious to know if you could. and my day job is teaching, so if you could assign yep. a letter grade to the level of, let's say, effort at which these nets are playing defense, it doesn't take a lot of skill, but it takes effort. Yep. So, what grade level are they operating yep. on?
15: All right, I'm going to answer, but then I'm and then I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give it about a B minus. C plus in that area. I think it could be better absolutely and Steve Nash has called them out a couple of times. So you played when the coach took the you out of a game did you say thank god I'm coming out? I'm worried about those minutes cuz right now I'm over 15 minutes. Did you say that when you played?
0: No, oh, I wanted to be in all the time.
15: Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. You just, you just don't, I'm telling you do not go down this path. I know because you're young, you think you have to be the minutes police and you got to worry about the players minutes. They'll be just fine. When we get off the air, look at basketball Go look at Tim Duncan when he first came into the league, look at Carmelone's minutes and games played LeBron James. They'll be just fine.
0: I'll pull it up. But so B minus, <laughs> how, how can we get them to an A?
15: Honestly, and I don't mean to knock DeAndre Jordan. I think from that position, though, they're going to need a little bit more because they do need a lot more shot blocking. And DeAndre Jordan is not an old player by any stretch of the imagination. He's logged, you know, he's played a lot of minutes in his career. I think he slowed down just a little bit. I just think they need a little bit more athleticism. And remember, there have been games too where they put uh, Bruce Brown in the game. I always want to call him either Bobby Brown or Bruce Bowen, but it's Bruce Brown. He's a very um, good defender. He runs the court. He works hard. So there are times, it's weird. Their starting lineup is not their best defensive team. And that's why when you watch the games, look how quickly, about six minutes in, that's when Steve Nash will make a move with one of the three. It's usually either Kyrie Irving or Harden will come out. He likes to have at least one of those guys on the court at all times. But when they put Bruce Brown in the game, and he's, you know, with Durant and Harden, he's a much better defender. They become a better defensive team. So I think Steve Nash is still trying to figure it out, stagger the minutes with the so-called big three.
0: Final couple questions here. Final two here. The, just the future of this team. This team um, is, is destined for the playoffs, destined for the finals, right? So what is their best asset, their best characteristic, or maybe quality that will allow them to win it all?
15: Yeah, the quality is... He stands at about six ten, six foot eleven, and he is. It's funny, Danielle. When you like, we all know that Kevin Durant is a great player, but now that you see him all the time, it's like when they're in your market. Now you watch him all the time. It's just like you when you watch the Knicks, you know the Knicks players better than somebody who lives in I don't know El, pa- El Paso, Texas, just because you you feel like you're around it all the time. Now that you see Kevin Durant play, we always you know we, we know that he's a great player. But when you see it all the time, I mean, the guy never takes a bad shot. He's unselfish. It looks like he's a great teammate. He's, you know, his chemistry with Joe Harris is terrific. He's always on the bench, always encouraging. The way he's, ha- he's d- handled the media, except for maybe Charles Barkley on TNT, I think he's been very good. Their number one asset is that they have a guy who the last three times that he's been to a finals and they were all with the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors went 9 and 1 in 10 playoff games. It's hard to go 9 and 1 in the regular season even if you're playing bad teams. He's going 9 and 1 in the NBA Finals. The guy is just a brilliant player and you know I would still put LeBron first, but Kevin Durant having missed 560 days with a career-threatening injury, I put him still as the second best player in the league.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to end here. At this point in time, do you believe a Brooklyn Nets, namely Kevin Durant, would take home the MVP at this point? I know it's early.
15: Well, I give LeBron credit because he's going to go against – I mean, I don't mean to knock you and uh, you know the younger generation, but LeBron, all we heard about was the quick turnaround. And, oh, my God, how are the players going to do it? Everyone conveniently forgot that they took off from March 11th until essentially July 1st. So that kind of counts as not playing. So they – The Lakers had the shortest turnaround, along with Miami Heat. LeBron has played in every game. So LeBron has set this pace. LeBron wants to win the MVP, and to me, there's a couple examples of it. He went out against Milwaukee on that Thursday night about a week ago, played in the game, dominated Giannis. Then he played really well against Philadelphia, even though they lost the game because he knows now people are talking up Embiid. Right at this point, and we're only about, what, just about a third of the way through the season – it's LeBron's race to lose because he's 36 years old. And Daniel, I vote for MVP. People in the media vote for MVP. We all like a good story. Always factor that in. It's not just robots voting for it. So the fact that LeBron is 36, you're going to say, well, it shouldn't matter. It'll matter to a lot of people. And I think at this moment, LeBron, because most of the games played, that you know, I love Durant. He's played well, but he's missed a lot of games for whatever the reason is. So at this minute, it's Durant one i would actually put in second and right now kevin durant third Jokic would be fourth
0: so frank thanks so much for joining us tonight. i really appreciate your insight all
15: right so tell me give me like an italian saying before i go then because i know you know italian really well
0: um tell would, me great
15: job tell me great job frank keep up the good work how about that
0: okay i would say ben ben facto frank yep. uh, franco really so franco yeah. ben facto francesco Francesco, Franco, depends. Okay, depends. Okay. So Francesco, ben fatto, grazie.
15: Grazie, grazie. Arrivederci.
0: <laughs> Arrivederci. And the Nets take on the Washington Wizards Sunday at 7 p.m. right here on WFAN for the radio audience and on the Yes Network for the TV audience. The pregame hosted by Bob Lorenz. Danielle Again, everybody, welcome back in the final hour of McCartan after midnight here on the Fan Carton in the morning. You heard Mike McCann's update, um, especially about the snow part. So just, every, every, just be careful in the snow uh, and snowstorm, snowstorm warning that is in effect. Uh, I think starting Sunday night, I, I believe. So just be careful out there, everybody. We've had a busy, very busy show tonight. We've had uh, lots of callers tonight, and most of the callers are talking about Deshaun Watson. But before we even get to that, um, quick. Quick note on on the Brooklyn Nets. They did sign Iman Shumpert. Okay, so they they are getting some defensive help. That was like late Saturday night uh, that they signed Shumpert. That is uh, defensive reinforcement, hopefully, for the Brooklyn Nets who are are in desperate need of some defensive help. Um, And that was Frank Isola. Thank you so much, Frank, for joining us uh, right at 440. So if you guys wanted to hear that, why don't you just wait till 6 o'clock to go backwards. So uh, let's hit the reset button here really quick. Um, Frank Isola did join us. The major story that, you know, as I was closing my eyes a little bit before the show, I woke up to find notifications on my phone going crazy that the Rams have gotten Matthew Stafford. And in exchange, the Detroit Lions are getting Jared Goff, a third rounder in 2021, a first rounder in 2022, and a first rounder in 2023. So Lions got a halt. The Lions have a lion's share of picks. <laughs> Cheesy. I know. But the Lions have a lion's share of of picks coming up over the next couple drafts. Now, Stafford and Goff, I mean, no disrespect, but they're really not at the same level that Deshaun Watson is. Okay. Um, so that begs the question more locally of, you know, what is Deshaun Watson's haul going to be? And should the Jets be in or out at that point in time? Um I have to be honest with you, my point of view from the beginning is no matter what the haul, I really I really don't think Deshaun Watson is, is a fit. And I know that sounds really crazy. Let me explain, though. Um, but first of all, I do not want the Jets to, to be selling the farm. Okay, that's that's the first thing. Because if if a guy like, uh, you know, the Lions are getting a, two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford over the next uh, one, two, three, three drafts, I mean, that's a lot. And I got to check in from, by the way, Tony Richardson, a little earlier in the show, about oh, about an hour ago, Tony Richardson, who was a fan of the show, who joined us last week, he said um, he is riding with Sam. He trusts Joe Douglas. This is a text message, not a tweet or anything. He said, I'm riding with Sam. I trust Joe Douglas. And the move doesn't make football or business sense. There's The Jets are in a great cap situation, and they have great draft status, and I believe in Joe Douglas and build it and not mortgage the farm to do it. That is my point of view as well. You guys, uh, I've had former Jets on here, Tony Richardson being one of them. He told you last week when he was here, Winker Bet on my show told you what two months ago that they, as NFL players, are still riding with Sam Darnold as the quarterback of the Jets. Yes, the the song, the intro song I played for you guys for for this was um, T. West Savage and Sam Smith. The, the, the song was Temptation. That's what I think Deshaun Watson is for the Jets. He's a temptation. Yeah, he, he's he's a name-brand player. He's a household name, I, I I believe, right? But I believe that the Jets—how do I say this? I, I've been writing down the, the, uh, the callers and, and what they're giving up to get Deshaun Watson. You, you're not allowed to call here tonight unless you have that because we're not playing fantasy GM here. I mean, in, in a way we are, but we're not just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. We've got a couple proposals here. Mark in Garden City made a proposal. Alex in New Canaan made a, made a proposal. Dave and Ben Bensonhurst, Ben in Queens, Mike in Brooklyn. They all made proposals, right? Some more lucrative than others. But the fact of the matter is this. Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. DeAndre Hopkins on that versus thing for the, I guess, the Super Bowl, hosted by uh, Deion Sanders, right, and, and – uh, Oh, God, I forget her name. I hate doing this. Uh, MJ Acosta Ruiz. I'm sorry, MJ. I'm sorry for that. But on, on that, you know, De- DeAndre Hopkins is, is saying, you know who my quarterback was? The ex-Texan. That's how he said it. Deshaun Watson. There is no chance Deshaun Watson's coming back to, um, to Houston. In my opinion, there's no chance. So in that sense... You're not – how do I say You're not, like, bargaining with the home team. You know he's going to be gone. So now you have to look at the competition. And when you look at the teams that were – you know, if you believe the reports, the teams that were allegedly in on this, this Stafford-Goff situation, who is in on it? Well – According to reports, and we'll go in draft order, the Carolina Panthers, who have the eighth overall draft pick, they were in on it. So these are are the teams that are looking for a quarterback. They've shown their hand before the draft, which is a great situation to be in if you're the Jets. So Carolina, they have the eighth pick in the draft. Uh, Denver was in on the the Stafford-Goff deal, you know, kicking the tires around a little bit. Denver Broncos, they have the ninth overall pick. San Francisco 49ers, they have the 12th overall pick. They were in on it. Then you've got uh, Indianapolis Colts. They were in on it. Washington football team, they were in on it. So all of these teams, one, two, three, four, five teams were in looking for a quarterback. They showed their hand. The Jets now can take that intel and they can say, okay, Carolina with the eighth overall pick. Okay, Denver with the ninth overall pick. Uh, We're going to slide down a little bit. You know, you missed on one of the teams is going to miss out on Deshaun Watson, right? Hey, whatever team missed out on him. You know, I, we'll slide down a little bit. You go ahead and take our second overall pick, and you go ahead and get your quarterback through the draft. Hope it works out for you. But in the meantime, you're going to give us maybe a late one back if they have it. I don't know. I haven't looked. Or or a or, uh, two, and, and you're going to and, and we're still going to have a first uh first round draft pick, and you're going to give us another high draft pick for this round so that you can go up and get your quarterback. You're welcome. If I was the Jets, that's what I would be saying. If I was a part of the Jets front office, that is uh, – I just put my hands in like a uh, – I talk with my hands. I'm Italian. I can't help it, but I just put my hands in like a, a puppet motion. Like a, I feel like the Godfather like a little bit. So that's how I would attack that if I were the Jets. I would stay away from Deshaun Watson. I would stay away from from, from selling the farm in order to get him. I mean we had uh, – who was it? Alex in New Canaan. That was a crazy proposal, Alex. I'm still going with it. He, he wanted to give away in, in order – to get Deshaun Watson, who is not going back to the Houston Texans, he wanted to give away both number both first round draft picks this year and a second round draft pick next year. That's crazy. I and mean, I think he wanted to give away also too. Yeah, uh, I didn't write that one down. Uh, yeah, both first rounds this year, one number one uh, one first rounder next year, and two a second rounder for the next year too. I mean, you're not the Jets are in a an awesome situation where they have four. First round picks over the next two drafts, and when you look at their cap situation, their cap situation is also amazing. And to just, you know, I went through it in more detail in the in the two o'clock, but here at five o'clock, I'm going to tell you this: the Jets have the top three. Let's say over the next three years, they are in the top three in cap space. There's no wonder why Deshaun Watson wants the Jets. They can afford him. They're one of the only teams that can afford him. And as far as the draft picks, 19 draft picks over the next two drafts, four of which being in the first round. Well, from the Houston Texans front office point of view, the Jets are, are, are you know a team that they want to be married with because they have a lot of assets, right? They're trying to marry them with this with this deal because the Jets not only have the monetary assets, but they have the draft capital. If the Jets go out and do this with Deshaun Watson, they are going to get fleeced. Not to mention the fact that their team beyond that is like, uh, I see tumbleweeds in the Jets defense. I mean, come on. Who is the who is the best player on the defense? Marcus May? Well, he's going to need some money too, right? He's going to want to get paid. Quinton Williams is, is about to get paid soon. So there are many other factors that go into this. Yes, Deshaun Watson is a good player. Some would say, great, he's a good player, I'd say. Top third in the league, top quarter in the league, I would say, even, as a quarterback. But if you take him and you put him in the Jets roster and you just insert him, that is not an immediate playoff team. The Jets don't have a fearsome running game, that's for one, and they don't have guys that can catch the ball. I mean, you've got Deshaun Watson, who's used to playing with guys that can catch the ball. Let's be honest. And I I played my favorite game. My favorite game to do on the radio is Guess the Mystery Player. I love doing that. I think it just, it allows the listener, and and I guess because if you're looking at the chart, you are now a viewer, but it allows the viewer and the listener to just, you know, how do I say, X, X, I'm looking for an X word or E-X, but to take out the narrative. They're taking out the narrative that has been built around these players and you yourself are making a decision on those players. So, Extracting, thank you, Pat. Extracting, you are extracting the narrative. Thank you from these 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 players, and you're looking at the the raw data. So when I look at this data, and I put up, and if you wanted to look at it, I'll, I'll hit retweet right now on it again, so you can take a look at it yourself. I'm um, at Coach McCartan, the mystery player. You can't. I would love to do a poll, but Twitter doesn't not allow you to put a poll up with an image, which I think is crazy. But mystery player A, I'll give it to you now. I won't make you you know bust for it, but Mystery player A was Sam Darnold. You look at his numbers, and you can look at them right across. Um, B, just for comparisons' purposes, was Stafford. And player C, Mr. Qu- Mr. quarterback C, was Deshaun Watson. You look at their numbers, and they are not far off. They are not far. Touchdowns, Career touchdowns per game is probably the biggest differential. Sam Darnold, 1.18 touchdowns per game average in his career. Uh, Watson, 1.93. That's a big difference. I get it. Interceptions per game was probably the next. Completion percentage is the next. But then you look at what else. They're pressured exactly the same amount of time, right, in the pocket, just about. Sam Darnold's drop rate is, like, higher than Watson's his bad throw percentage is higher than Watson's, but then you have to look a little bit farther than that. Sometimes as Susan Waldman taught me in in the podcast that I used to do, sometimes it's a little bit deeper than the numbers. I rely on numbers, but I also have the gut feeling to go along with it. My gut feeling is this being here in New York, watching every single jets game, Sam Darnold has obviously, I mean, I'll fight anybody that says that he did not regress. I mean, Sam Darnold regressed over the past couple years under Adam guru, right? So, mentally i'm talking physically too but i'm talking mentally that's dangerous but when you surround a player like that with a head coach um with with a support staff coaching staff that is that is able to reteach the concepts in a way that the the player can grasp them like I, i i do it i do it that's my i i'm a coach okay sometimes all gas, no brakes. You have to pump the brakes a little bit. And I think the Jets need to be pumping the brakes a little bit with Sam Darnold if, in fact, they decide, they decide they're going to keep him. You're going to fight somebody who disagrees with you? Disagrees with me on the fact that Sam Darnold did not digress. He digressed. Absolutely he digressed.
13: You've been hanging out with Misha. You've been talking to Misha Tate too often. <laughs> too much. You're going to start fighting people.
0: Well, you can't make, you cannot. I would love to hear from somebody that would love to make the case that Sam Darnold improved under Adam Guru's tutelage because he didn't. OK, so when you look at it, you look at who Sam Darnold has, which pass catchers have been out there, has caught the bulk of Sam Darnold's passes for, for his career in New York. You look at it. OK, top four, let's say. And I did look through this. I, I This is not eyeballing this. I looked through his past, every one of these guys' past completions over the course of their careers. OK, came up with Robbie Anderson, who was undrafted for Sam Darnold, Jameson Crowder, fourth round pick. Braxton Berrios, sixth-round pick, 210th, by the way. And the tight end, oh, what a wonderful tight end and Chris Herndon he has, fourth-round draft pick. Sam Darnold has not completed a pass to a guy picked higher than the fourth round in his entire career. So when you put up those numbers, comparatively speaking, they don't look so bad, don't they? And we talked about another theme woven through tonight's show is the fact that a tight end is the a quarterback's best friend, especially a young one. But when you look at the Super Bowl, it's not a coincidence. The two teams playing in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey, and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, Rob Gronkowski, and, and all the guys they have, the three tight ends they have on that roster. It's not a coincidence, everybody. It's not. And when you look at uh, Matthew Stafford's top pass catchers in his careers, you look in his career, singular, you got... Calvin Johnson, who's a Hall of Famer, right? Right. You've got T.J. Hawkinson, eighth overall pick. Anquan Bolden, fifty fourth overall pick. And Eric Ebron, tight end, tenth overall pick. That's uh, that's a pretty talented pass catchers. If you're Matt Stafford, and then of course look at Deshaun Watson. The numbers he put up. Look at them with your eyeballs and listen to me as I speak to you. Will Fuller was a first round draft pick, twenty first overall. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 27th overall first-round draft pick. Brandon Cooks, 20th overall first-round draft pick. So you've got Watson, who's used to throwing to guys, that putting up these numbers in his career, which is what the chart is, with three guys that have been taking in the first round. You can't tell me that Sam Darnold has not scratched the surface yet of what he can do as an NFL quarterback. Tony Richardson is lobbying for him. Winker Corbett is lobbying for him. There is potential that is untapped there, and it's a shame it's happened this long to get to, which hopefully they can get to it. And I know that's a question mark, but when you look at the dollar amount even, I think we can agree that the Jets have a lot of holes to fill. They do. And if you're going to throw $10 million this year, which is fine at Deshaun Watson, which is fine, the rest of his contract, he averages $34 million a year. So, 2022, 35 million. 2023, 37 million. And then he's got a potential opt out in 2024. So, you are potentially selling the farm to get a guy that could leave you in the dust in two years. And you could be paying him for those two years, $36 million average a year. I'm staying far away from it if I'm the Jets. I'm sorry. Watson's a great player. Somewhere else. And hopefully, as a Jets fan, it's not in Miami. But we shall see, shall we? On, we also talked a lot about the Mets and the Yankees and, and the moves that they've made. So if this is your chance to get aboard. We've got 40 minutes left in the show. Um, so 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on The Fan until 6 a.m. in New York City.
11: The way that we touch Join us tomorrow morning on Boomer and Geo. No football this weekend, but we'll get you ready for Super Bowl 55. And where is
8: Deshaun Watson gonna land? It's Tom Brady, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Deshaun Watson. If somebody tells you that it's not about the quarterback, just slap them because it's always about the quarterback.
11: Boomer and Geo 6 to 10 a.m. with the warm-up show starting at 5 with Alan Jerry right here on the fan.
0: All right, it's going down here on McCartney after mor- midnight or McCartney in the morning at this point in time. 523 in the morning is your chance to get aboard eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. 337 6666 As Gio just told you or asked you, where is Deshaun Watson going to land? And Boomer, with all due respect, of course, obviously, he-, he knows that you need to build a team from the offensive line out. That is the game plan that I am, the blueprint, I should say, or game plan that I am laying out for the New York Jets moving forward. Go ahead and get yourself, um, you know, situated, at least offensively, before you go ahead and and bring in um, Deshaun Watson or any or the other quarterback, three-time, Deshaun Watson, three-time pro baller, playoff experience. I get it. But just plugging and playing him into the Jets roster or lineup, it's not going to make the Jets a Super Bowl contender immediately. And it won't make them a Super Bowl contender the year after that, considering the inflation rate of what just went down with Stafford and Goff and what people are going to have to give up, or teams are going to have to give up in order to get Deshaun Watson. It's just not It's just not plausible. It's not possible for the Jets. Another team, maybe, but not the Jets. All right, back to your calls. In the order in which you guys called, uh, Bob in Freehold was up first. Go ahead, Bob.
18: I wouldn't make the trade at all because no one could throw the ball um, at any block and Darnold's always running out of full sprint mm-hmm. running for his life Yep, I would pick the lineman uh, Sewell first mm-hmm. with the first pick vector so you quarterback Bob
0: one thing about Sewell though yeah. one thing I have and I introduced Deontay Brown to the audience maybe two weeks ago One thing I have with Sewell is he sat out last season and the adjustment back to game speed and then the adjustment another level up to NFL speed, I do have concern about that. So if it's not Sewell right now, I mean, I'm not ready to go out and do it, but Deontay Brown is another name you can look at, too.
18: Anyone to protect your quarterback. Yes. Take the best offensive lineman, second pick at your receiver. And in the second round, if you could get the running back out of Alabama, pull oh, yeah. down everyone's. throat. Oh
0: my God, he's he's great. I would love for that. I don't know if he's going to fall that far though. He's great. That guy is great.
18: Then flip flop it and get your receiver. But the thing is, yeah, if you're always running the ball, running the ball, now all of a sudden your safeties are coming back. you yep. can't rush up the field. And when mm-hmm. Darnold goes to throw the ball, he's got some time.
0: Yep, and not, not to mention, bike. and not to mention, the Jets have a lot of cap space and they can go ahead and do some damage in the free agent market at wide get receiver another, too.
18: Get another lineman then. Just protect your quarterback. I, I could throw the ball if I had all day. Yep. Brady stands upright all the time. I know. Why, Mahomes, do you think he,
0: why do you think he picked Tampa Bay? Come on. It's
18: Because he's safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
18: <laughs> Mahomes couldn't throw the ball at the Jets. Yeah, I know. You know so, I, mean, I know. you got to build a team. And then if you're running the ball down the throat, your defense is off the field. Yep. There's no one scoring again. How about
0: Aaron Jones as a free agent pickup, too? How about that?
18: I'll just take any. I, I would just build the line if I had seven good linemen. And my quarterback's safe. Just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Yep. And when you want to drop back and throw the ball, now your defensive alignment, they can't run up the field. They can't blitz you. Yep. Because they're always they're always in, you know, run defense.
0: Mm-hmm.
18: And then your safeties are up. You could throw the ball deep now.
0: Exactly. And you get I mean, over per- the top. Yep.
18: Perriman per- can run. He's fast. And the other thing, too, is he never had a chance to practice with Perriman or Mims because yep. of the, the COVID thing. Yep. And a guy who's fast, you got to know where he's going to be. But then again, like I said, Darnold, there's a difference between rolling out and throwing the ball and running for your life. In yes. The
0: ball. And Darnold is running for his life a exactly. lot of the time if you watch the games. Yes. And, right and the right number on, one
18: Bob. receiver that he throws the ball to is the sidelines out of bounds because he can't, he can't even find a receiver downfield.
0: Yep. Yep. Totally with you, Bob. So we, you and I, are giving Sam Darnold another chance. Is that right? Yep.
18: And and the other thing I was going to mention is time management with these players. Mm-hmm. The basketball. Yep. The greatest basketball player of all time, Will Chamberlain, averaged over 48 minutes a game mm-hmm. in a season.
0: Mm-hmm.
18: And he was fine.
0: Yep. I think, I know, and I'm with you. And and Bob, thanks for the call. Good call there. Um, I I think the load management plays hand-in-hand with my belief that, from an organizational standpoint in baseball, that pitchers should not be batting. There should be a universal DH. And and I'll explain in a second the similarity between the two because when you think of pitchers batting and when you think of load management uh, among basketball players, especially the upper echelon basketball players... Um, that we are seeing here in Brooklyn. Uh, one, Durant's coming off the injury, right? I get it. Okay, so that that would be cause for concern, number one. But the thing is that these athletes are um, investments from an organizational standpoint that are worth tons of money, like money that you and I can win in the lottery. You know what I mean? Like that's what these guys are earning. So I think that in order to protect the investment, that's why this load management thing um, – in, in the NBA, has been developed, you know, or evolved over time, right? Um, and I think that that's why starting pitchers, right? Starting pitchers are taken out of games somewhat early now because of the money that's involved with them. I mean, you look at—I don't know—you look at a guy like Severino, or just you know, like he's been out for a long time. That's the that the Yankees needed him so badly down the stretch in the playoffs last year as their number two starter. So just, I know, I, I, I told, like I like you've heard me tell Frank Aizola, I never wanted to come out of games, ever. They took me out. I was pissed. But I also wasn't making, you know, $30 million a season. And I also wasn't making $30 million a season over the course of a long-term contract. So, um, yeah, I think it's crazy. Believe me, I do. Uh, it's just the team's way of protecting their investment, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, not that I agree with it, but it's just, you know, the way it is. Will Chamberlain, I gotcha. I believe, you know, I get you. I do. But he also wasn't making as much money as these guys are too. So um, unfortunately m- money is, is the root of all, I don't want to say evil, but all innings limits, all playing time caps. I guess you could put it that way. Theo in Chicago. Theo, what's up?
2: Hey,
10: Daniel. Thanks for taking my call again. Um, yeah, I, I totally had a couple quick things, with. But- I totally agree with you as far as the Jets standpoint. I don't think it's worth them risking the farm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to take Deshaun Watson. Right. I think in that situation, um, I mean, looks like probably the best suitor for him, Danielle, that would be able to offer, you know, those picks and all those. Uh, maybe the player would be Atlanta. Of course, I'm trying to keep him out of your division, out of out of the Patriots. But it looks like they would want to offer him, you know, the two first round picks for this year and next year. And also two second round picks. So, yeah, probably the best suit would but, be for Atlanta. But I, I, they they know, have this I, I like season.
0: your line of thinking there, but I'm just, I literally have right now, or over the break, I pulled up the NFL team salary cap tracker, and the Atlanta wow. Falcons are in one of the bottom three teams. They are 30th in the league in salary cap room. So, they don't yeah, have and, any. Yeah, in that offer,
10: too, it was also offering Matt Ryan to them, too, mm-hmm. to make the money match.
0: Yeah. Uh, let me look at Matt no. Ryan's contract. Uh,
10: yeah, I, that's what's going to be. It said Matt Ryan, and then it said the
0: yeah the first round hit.
10: pick for this year, right? Uh, next year, and then a second, and then a second round pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It would it would cancel out. You're right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Atlanta, I, fine. Send them there. Send them anywhere yeah, yeah, other the than out out of the, you know, yeah, the j- division, right? Right, and the division, exactly right. Yeah. Atlanta, I like
10: I, I know we had mentioned earlier, too, just two yeah. quick things, too, about the, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the Chad, uh, Wheeling incident in yeah. Seattle. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were kind of an uproar that that wasn't getting a lot of, uh, mention as well. And yeah. you know, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. I to talk- you, Nets yeah. are looking good. So that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> well, Theo, uh, thanks for that. Thanks, I- yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. The Chad Wheeler thing, uh, we talked about it twice already on here tonight. Chad Wheeler, the guy should be behind bars for the rest of his life. The me- he's mentally un- unfit. Um, that's it. That's that's really all I want to say about that. Um, terrible, terrible situation. Would a would a monster of a man that should be sitting rotting away behind bars for the rest of his life? Uh, Joe in Bayonne, you're on the fan.
2: Hey, good morning, my lady. How are you?
0: Okay, how are you?
4: Good. I'm okay. I gotta <laughs> tell you something I just did. I want to talk about Deshaun Watson.
14: Uh, I'm sitting here trying to stay awake. You know, in here your, your body kind of like is is so tired, but your
5: mind is awake. Yeah. I have eaten the oatmeal cookie. Right? And okay. I went to get a couple of crumbs, and I thought it was crumbs. I took my lenses out. It was a toenail that I cut about two hours ago. Joe, that's I disgusting. a toenail. That's I was, gross. I was, what am I doing? It's horrible. But I, I didn't do it. Anyway. But I was laughing about it. There's no one here to share it with. The Watson. <laughs> i <isn't laughs> oh, you sh- Joe, like you shared it with fragile? the whole world. <laughs> well, I had to look at and It was oh. kind of funny in a way because I said, oh, my God. Is it all- I almost ate anyway it was it cracked me up
12: a little bit i'm by myself here so i mean i'm talking to the walls but <laughs> anyway right. Deshaun Deshaun watson.
5: watson he is isn't he fragile like doesn't he get hurt um quite a bit in this i know he missed some time a couple of years ago but is he gonna be like you know the quarterback that we love he's doing great and then he doesn't get up after a hit on third down or something i mean
4: has his injury um resistance or do you know anything about his history on uh, dealing with injuries or is what, he fragile as I think he yeah? is? Well
0: well no? when you talk about Joe, thanks for calling. When you talk about quarterbacks missing time, um Sam Darnold is not the poster child for for, for non fragile quarterbacks, so we'll put it that way. Um you know, it's it's a what's it called? it was the mono, and then it was the ribs, and then it was it was all that. So Deshaun Watson, uh I don't know. Uh I would say I would say Fragile in the sense of, uh, I don't want to say ego. It's not, that's, not, that's not the right word. I would say maybe fragile in the sense of, how do I say it? Um, I don't know what I'm trying to go for here, but not fragile in the sense of, fragile in the sense, I can't think of it. But I am looking up. He he did play all 16 games in, in 2018. He played in all, looks like 15 out of 15 games in, in 2019, uh, 2020, 16 out of 16 games. So I'm not concerned about his physical injury history. I'm just talking about... I'm still trying to look for it. Um, Fragility in the sense of, like, if things don't go his way, how fast would he want to get out of here of New York? I don't know what the word is for that. That's that's kind of what I'm going for. But um, physically, uh, no. It it doesn't bother me physically. I'll put it that way. He's 6'2", 220. He He can hold his own. But, again... The situation here in New York with who he's going to be throwing to. Not a good look. It's not a match. Not a match. Scott in Baltimore. You're on the fan, Scott.
19: Hey, I want Daniel, I want to talk a little bit about Sam Darnold, a little bit about Deshaun Watson and just the state of the NFL in general. Okay, um, let's go
0: Darnold first.
19: Okay. Um, he, I don't think he's any good. He hasn't had good weapons. His career average is 213 yards per game where Watson and Stafford are in the 270 range.
0: Okay, stop. Can, um, can I stop like you right that. there? So yep. you have to also consider the regression with the head coach, and you said it yourself, the weapons around him are not good. So I think you can't make a, a steadfast decision on, on Sam right. Darnold just yet.
19: Well, let me let me ask you a question. Go ahead. In your optimistic view, mm-hmm. what's the best they could expect for Sam Darnold over the next three years as far as rating? Top well, top. Top 15? No. He's I don't a bottom...
0: know, I, no, I don't know about that because they've got tons of free agent room. they got tons of cap room. And, and you heard the caller a couple callers ago. You got you give him a run game that that's, uh, has a okay. le- legitimate threat? I, you don't, I, I don't know. I can't permutate okay. out three years. I can't.
19: Okay. You're talking about run game. We're the king of the run game in Baltimore. What's that done for Lamar Jackson's passing? Not as good because he doesn't have weapons. If you look at what a number one receiver will do, which the Ravens need, look at what Digs did for Josh Allen, right? Exactly. from three thousand yards to forty six hundred.
3: Mm-hmm. Right
19: uh, now, as far I just don't think Darnold's a uh, top. I don't even think he's top half league quarterback if he's good and has weapons around him. But that's another story. Yeah, I don't think he's their quarterback when they're winning because they have tons of room, tons of draft picks, and uh, Joe Douglas, being from Baltimore, I guarantee he values his draft picks and he's not trading for Deshaun Watson. Um, I hope you're right. I, Watson, I hope you're very right on that. Although I don't understand why you don't want him to go into Miami. If the J- it would cripple the Jets getting him, you don't think it's going to hurt Miami giving up all those picks for him?
0: No, I, and yes and no, because I just, I think the Dolphins are a little bit farther along than the Jets are at this point in time right. where it would be crippling to the Jets. It would not be so crippling as crippling to the Dolphins um, because they're already set in a lot of, in a lot of spots.
19: Yeah, they, their weapons aren't that great on offense. Their defense is good, and their right. coaching is good. And I like Sol I exactly. think he's a very solid coach to will work for the Jets. But last thing mm-hmm. with Douglas, if I'm the Jets, you know, you're know you going to have teams at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 that want a quarterback. That If, if the Jets have decided they're not drafting Fields or the other guy, yep. uh, then they need to trade back to about 8, and that should get them the 8th pick plus... At least a first round next year, and probably second round this year. Yes. If you look at what it's cost for other teams to move from, you know, eight, nine, ten to two. Yeah. It costs you know two first round picks or the second.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and one of those teams who did show then Joe and it's, not Joe it's Scott Joe Douglas was on my mind. Scott, thanks for the call. Um, Joe Douglas has a, an inside track on on these teams that were just in on this last deal. I mean, they showed their hand. Yes. Eight. You know who's at eight? The Carolina Panthers. You know who was in on the, this, this quarterback situation here that just went down last night? Stafford and golf. The Carolina Panthers. Number nine, Denver Broncos. They were also in on it. So these teams, and even as far as 12, San Francisco, they were in on it. Okay, so as far as these teams being in on it, they showed their hand. That's all the Jets. That's the intel that the Jets need. That's what they needed to see which teams would be in. If you believe the reports, which teams would be in on it so that they could trade down. And I like what you said about that. We disagree on Darnold, but we're two out of three in agreeance on that for sure. Um, That's what you do. You trade down to eight. I mean, I'd have to look and we also have to see where where everybody, all these quarterbacks are going to end up shaking out before the draft. But right now, I think eight is a really comfortable spot for the Jets to trade down to or nine if, in fact, the Carolina Panthers do somehow end up with, with Deshaun Watson. We'll see. We, we will see how it goes. Okay, and this is going to be your last chance to get aboard 877-337-6666. You want to talk about Watson to the Jets? Of course, we can handle that. We can also talk about uh, what the next next move for the New York Mets is going to be. Is it Jackie Bradley Jr.? Is it Trevor Bauer? Or is it the dark horse, maybe Chris Bryant? We'll see about that. Um, we didn't really do a bunch of Yankee stuff, but if you wanted to do that, that's fine. Um, we, c- we can crack that open. Um, coming up. So I'm Danielle McCartan. on the fan until 6 a.m. with you here in New York City. Bob Salter will come your way at that point in time. So get aboard. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Welcome back here to the final segment here of McCartan After Midnight. Just looking through some tweets uh, that are coming in. I can't keep up with, with a lot of them, but I, I was able to get through some of them. I got a tweet from at John Lonce, as it would be in Italian. He said, as a Mets fan, one shortened season is not enough to warrant a huge payday. I'm not throwing a boatload of cash at Bauer, get a center fielder and look at starters at the trade deadline from teams that will be sellers. I think that's a great strategy. um, And that's why I recommend that the Mets go for uh, Jackie Bradley jr. Instead of Trevor Bauer. I explained it before as Jackie Bradley jr. Being a need, um, you know, a good-feeling center fielder, is a need for the Mets, whereas Trevor Bauer is more of a want, right? Um, Spot track says the market value for him is about two years, $11.2 million. Andy Martino's is four years, $60 million. So there's a little discrepancy there. I would like to see where that would go. But um, Jackie Bradley Jr. does have command of the market, especially with George Springer going off of it. So if I'm the Mets, Bradley Jr. is priority number one. Bauer would be all right, nice. Uh, and I would—I don't know about Chris Bryant because if you look at defensive fielding position uh, percentages between him and JD Davis, Chris Bryant actually has a lower third base fielding percentage. So if that's what you want him for his defense, it's just—it's not it. Where and also continuing along with that, JD Davis has three full seasons of te- team control left. Chris Bryant's a free agent after this upcoming season, so I don't know if I would pull the trigger on that either. Uh, So Jackie Bradley Jr. for the Mets is where I would go. And um, Deshaun Watson, not for the Jets, and hopefully not for the Miami Dolphins either, is where I would go. Let's go back in the order that you guys called. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. Last chance to get aboard. Al, in Connecticut, you are on the fan.
11: Good morning, Danielle. What's up, Al? Hey, uh, so quickly on the Red Sox. I mean, I'm a Jack. I I love Jackie Bradley. And I'll tell you right now, if you guys can get this guy, you're really, you're, I mean, obviously you're not going to want him for offense because he he's going to give you what he can give you. Right. But defensively, this guy phenomenal. covers a lot of ground in the gaps, diving catches, mm-hmm. going to the wall. So quickly, if you can get him, as much as i hate to see him leave the Red Sox, but we're obviously going to rebuild, and uh, you should probably probably your best to get him.
0: Well, Al, too, and that's a great point. You make defensive, diving catch. I mean, I could see it. The highlights in my mind are replaying as you're saying that. And also, too, I think, you know, the bad is what the bad is, but I think the Mets lineup is potent enough that they could kind of absorb that, you know?
11: Right. And his arm is ridiculous, too. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen or heard about this, but uh, a couple of years ago, you were standing on home plate at Fenway and he threw the ball over the green monster. <laughs> what?
0: No, I gotta look that up. <clears throat> yeah,
11: seriously. I'm quickly, on the uh, J jet- I'm a Steelers fan, and you and I are going to play a quick little game. You're going to be the act as the general manager for the Jets. I'm going to act as the general manager for the Steelers. Yeah, we're we're meeting for a business dinner.
0: You wait, th- Al. This is funny because I have a really good friend that is a Steelers fan, and we we've done this before. And I was sending Sam Darnold there, and then all of a sudden, I, I can't send Sam, Sam Darnold there because they got a Haskins. But go ahead.
11: All right, so I'm already at the restaurant. I'm a couple of cocktails in now, so. It. Is this how this so goes should-
0: down? Is it, I, I've never been to a GM meeting. Well, go ahead. <laughs> All
11: right, so you, should, you finally you finally show up, and uh, I offer wait a minute. You, finally
0: show up, Al. I've never been late to anything in my entire life. <laughs> don't don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm
11: sorry. I'm I'm always early for everything. So so if I'm early, then the other person's late. I'm on the Tom Coughlin
0: <laughs> time. That's my clocks. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> All
11: right, so you show up, and um, I offer you Juju Smith, mm-hmm. James Connor. Mm-hmm. You keep Darnold. I'll let you keep Darnold, but I want your number one pick.
0: You want what? I'm sorry.
11: I want your number one pick.
0: My number, my first round, number two overall pick. You saying? Yeah. F- for this year. Yeah. yeah. I- you know what I would say to you? Um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but isn't Juju Smith S- Juju Smith Schuster? Isn't he a free agent at the end of the year?
11: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, how about this then? Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you Chase Claypool.
0: I like Claypool a lot.
11: He he could be a number one, yeah, a number one receiver for. So would you do it for your number one pick? So Connor.
0: So you're doing James Connor and Claypool for yep. my second overall pick. Yes. Yes. Yes, I'm doing so it. Do you,
11: so do you think the Steelers would ever offer that?
0: <laughs> I don't that real I realistically. Know. Um, probably not. Because what are they going to do with the number two overall pick at that point?
11: Well, we we have options. I mean, we need an O line. We need obviously somebody to uh, to uh, for Big Ben maybe to sit out a year, and if Big Ben decides to come back,
0: oh, you got Haskins.
11: No, oh, no way.
0: <laughs> that's, that's what you got, Al. Come on.
11: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Danielle.
0: I appreciate it, and I like I like playing the fantasy GM there. Uh, but man, if you if the Steelers called up my phone right now and they said we're giving you James Conner and Chase Claypool for the second overall pick, knowing that I have and get to keep. My late round first pick, you know, via the Jamal Adams trade. Oh yeah, I'm doing it. Oh yeah, I'm definitely doing it, for sure. Oh, Connor's a free agent too. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that either. Okay, so then maybe that the deal's gonna fall apart at that point. I'd walk away. I would walk away. But Juju Smith-Schuster is high up on my uh, my free agent list for the New York Jets to get for sure, definitely. Um. So, all right, let's go to Sparky in Dobbs Ferry. Sparky, you're on the fan. Oh, how are you doing, Coach? I'm good. How are you, Sparky? Oh, okay. Um,
5: First, I want to bring up Gary Sanchez. Oh,
0: Gary. We we avoided Gary all night, Sparky.
5: Good for you. I'm a big Gary Sanchez supporter, so coming for me, this is a tough one. Mm. He has, after what happened this week, he literally has to come back to planet Earth. (laughs) Okay? Because the idea... That Cashman and Boone have to explain to him why he was sitting. Mm. I mean, maybe I'm strange, but if you have defensive liabilities behind the plate, you can't be hitting 130 and then have and then wonder why you weren't spoken
6: to.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, and I think Brian Cashman put it the best, the best way. The whole world knows why he was benched. I mean, let's let's Sparky, let's give the audience the facts here. Sanchez's 52 career passed balls are the most for any big league catcher over the past five seasons. That's first. And he hit 147 last season and he struck out 41% of the time. I literally think, Sparky, that I can hit the ball better at a better clip than Gary Sanchez did last year. You
5: know what? I'm not going to argue with you. I got a (laughs) feeling you're telling the truth.
0: (laughs) I only tell the truth. So I'm just wondering where the disconnect is that Gary Sanchez. Did not get the memo that that um, uh, Kyle Higashioka would do a better job in a in a clutch situation than he would. I don't get it either.
5: Because you know what, nothing for nothing. A person, and I think most major league hitters could hit one thirty if they were trying to make out on purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, they hit it with their eyes closed. I get it. I don't know. Yeah, and you're you're Gary Sanchez defender, so I like
5: him, and yeah. it bothers me because the guy has so much you know physical talent. It's mm-hmm. like he's got to fix his head. Yes. No.
0: And it doesn't help that everybody's got suggestions in order to help him. Sometimes I had a pitcher like this uh, on my team and I, you know, I'm trying to help her, trying to help her as best I could, but then at one point I was like, you know what? I don't want to say her name, but you know what? You need to just do you and you tell me what you need and I'm going to let you go. And guess what? The pressure was off. She pitched better. True story.
5: Maybe you could say Sanchez.
0: I, give me a chance. If anybody's listening for the Yankees, I would be more than happy to try.
5: And, uh, <laughs> Now, this week, also now at the Hall of Fame,
1: mm-hmm.
5: you know, Kurt Schilling doing all that nonsense. Yep. First of all, me, I have a hard time taking anything that guy says seriously after the way he bombed in front of Congress.
0: Yeah, right.
5: Because he was the one that was calling for Alex Rodriguez's head. And then he ended up in front of Congress doing like Ralph Kramden when he was asked was <laughs> the composer of Swanee River.
0: <laughs> My dad loves that show. Yes, I Oh,
5: he can is great. I
0: know. But, I know. Do uh, so you know what? If he doesn't want to be on the ballot, Sparky, take him off the ballot. That's it. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. But I don't know. And, if they, I don't know if they can. That's the thing. Because you know it's crazy
5: now the, with that. I think in the Kurt showing that game where he had the thing with the
6: bloody sock, all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm not doing Monday morning quarterback. I called a fan that day, mm-hmm. and I said, the first thing they got to do, bunt on this guy. Make his leg fall off.
0: <laughs> and not one guy bunted. Oh, see, that's the thing. I can't stand that either. I, I like small ball. You know that. Oh, heck yeah.
5: You know, because let's face it. I remember that game where he tried to cover first base, and he barely was able to mm-hmm. get over there.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. And
5: you know what? You got to look. I mean, that's why. For as great as Tory was, I think Tory that game they should have fired him because he wasn't oh, watching the same game we were
1: watching. Oh,
0: Sparky can't fire him, but I'll give you no, this. I,
5: that was upsetting. I,
0: I'll give that, you this, Sparky, and thanks for the call there. Um I'll give you this. I do think that though we are at a juncture in time where that the I know the Veterans Committee is obviously comprised of like you know, but I think that we are at a point where the writers opinions need to be supplemented by the players opinions in in baseball hall of fame voting. I just think we're there. Whether I don't know if it's like, you know, open season voting, but I would almost say like there needs to be a committee developed, a leadership committee of maybe recently retired, you know, within 5 years retired players. This is my proposal. Recently retired um, within the past let's say five years players that make up a leadership council that do have an opinion on you know their peers uh, uh you know uh, in getting into the hall of fame or not because as you could tell i love having former players on here and even current players I, when i can um maybe hopefully one day eventually i did have brandon nemo on here once though but um, former players have the best intel they have the best you know point of view they played the game at the highest level better than you know They know it better than any of us, you know, any of me sitting behind a microphone, anybody sitting behind a keyboard, those guys need to be able to have a voice. So I think I think if anything uh, coming out of this, this, you know, vote of non-confidence, shall we say, in this 2021 class, I think that could be a positive that comes out of it, I think. And I hope. Okay, we've got a couple more minutes here. Jeff in Fairview, you are on the fan.
4: Hey, Danielle. What's up, Jeff? Happy, easy Sunday morning. That's right. (laughs) All right. I want to talk to Jets quickly on the Chiefs. Uh, First of all, Tom Brady, I'm so happy he showed up, Bill Belichick, because I can't stand Belichick. I am a Jet fan. Yeah. However... Kansas City's winning the Super Bowl.
0: The offense
4: is unstoppable, number one, and the defense is playing really good right now. Well,
0: you know they say an unstoppable when an unstoppable force meets an immovable force or something like that, the laws of physics. Yeah. We're going to see with this Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, I'm going to keep that for next week. Kansas City Chiefs offense versus this Bucks defense for sure.
4: Yeah, we're going to see. Okay. Um, I'm 60 years old. I've been a Jeff fan since name it. So I want to win now. Uh-huh. I'm tired of losing just like Chris Johnson said. And I respect Tony Richardson and Wayne Quebec. Great great players of the Jets. Tony Richardson was a fullback, obviously Wayne Quebec wide receiver. Great, one of the best. Okay, I will give now Watson, I want Watson. Therefore, I will give Donald and I feel bad for Donald because Adam Gage really killed him. Yeah. Now I'm gonna give Donald I'm gonna you know, you know the Jets have two number ones this year. Mm-hmm. I think they have the the number two pick and the number 23 pick, I believe? Yes. Okay, so that's number one. Well,
0: 27,
4: I think it is. I'd have to look. Yeah, well, whatever it is. I'm going to give him one number pick this year, the second pick, and a number one next year. I mean, they got to get something. You know, this guy's great, Watson. Uh... But do you really think they're going to let him go, though? This ain't basketball. This is football.
0: Jeff, I know, and, and I got to run here, but yeah, I do. I hope that they let let him go for sure. Don't sell the farm, Mike. Last call tonight, Michael from Rocky Point. Real quick, Mike.
4: Yes, hi. How you doing? You got to get earlier hours.
0: <laughs> well, thanks. I, I appreciate I set,
4: it. I set the alarm just to listen to. Oh, you, you I love get, that. You got to get more time and and uh, earlier hours. Well, thank anyway, you. Anyway, real quick, do you really think Darnell's good at all? I didn't like him at SC. He just didn't look comfortable. Darnold,
0: uh, Sam Darnold, you mean?
4: Yes, I'm
0: sorry. Um, yeah, and, and thanks for keeping that short, Michael. I appreciate it. Um, it, it. Darnold, is he any good? Um, I don't know. That's the thing. I think that's the whole big question mark here. I think if we knew if he was good or not, we wouldn't be having this debate on whether or not Deshaun Watson should come to the Jets or not, right? We wouldn't be having it because we would have our answer already. We would know that either the Jets are going to go the Deshaun Watson route. We would know that the Jets would be in possibly a Matthew Stafford route. Or we would know with the second overall pick that the Jets would be in on any of the guys in the draft other than Trevor Lawrence. We would know that. But unfortunately, we we don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. But, uh, again, I'll fall back on to what the former players have told me. Tony Richardson likes him. Winker Bett likes him. I'm going to trust them, and I'm going to trust their opinions. I don't think they're homers, right? And I just think that um, you got to give the kid a chance with with some talent around him. Because Deshaun Watson has had talent around him, uh, and people know what he is. Um, and by talent, I mean th- first-round draft picks are catching the balls for him. Sam Darnold, not so much. So unfortunately, that's a situation that the Jets find themselves in. But I'm sticking with Sam Darnold one more year, and, and we'll see what happens. Build a team around him. Get a wide receiver. Get a good running game, and we'll see what happens. Thank you guys to all the callers. I could not have done this without you. I love coming here talking with you guys every week. Special thank you again to Frank. Isola, Frank Isola, yes, Network Brooklyn Nets analyst. He joined us at 440 for the second edition of my Brooklyn Beat segment. So if you want to go back to that or 2 a.m., just listen to the whole thing all over again. Why don't you? Uh, Great job to Pat, as always, behind the glass tonight. Great job, as always. And to Mike McCann on the updates. Bob Salter is up next, everybody. In the meantime, you guys hit me up at CoachMCCARTAN on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We will keep the conversation going. Throughout the week, and I will see you this time next week on Super Bowl Sunday.
1: Sports Radio 1019FM!